Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick? And apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. Alright, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you remember what happened last week? There wasn't much to remember. It was one of the shortest chapters we've read. But not the shortest not chapter. Not the shortest chapter. Right. But something about maggots, worms, and being born a woman. You are a maggot, and you are a worm, and you were born to a woman. Uh, yeah. That's it. I mean, it was really short. Yeah. Fucking short. It was fucking short. That's, six, that's all I got. Six verses. Yeah. All right, so that was Job chapter 25. Yeah, it was, you worm. And today we're going to be reading... Job chapter 26, you fucking maggot. Jesus, let's do this. (laughs) Okay, Job chapter 26. Okay, then... Then, exactly, (laughs) Job replied. Job replied, okay. To the maggots and worms comment from Bildad. right. How you have helped the powerless. How you have saved the arm that is feeble. What advice you have offered to one without wisdom. He is being a sarcastic fuck, (laughs) isn't he? Yeah, he is. (laughs) And what great insight you have displayed. Mm. Who has helped you utter these words? And whose spirit spoke from your mouth? Yeah. The dead are in deep anguish, those beneath the waters and all that live in them. The realm of the dead is naked before God. Mm. Neckies. Okay. Destruction lies uncovered. Does it? No. I I feel like, I mean, like Pompeii. There was a lot of destruction at Pompeii. Yeah. It's all covered. No. No? Well, I mean, not anymore. They're excavating it. But I mean... It was covered in ash. It was a buried city. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was destruction. What about... It wasn't uncovered. What about Atlantis? Atlantis is not known to be real. It's not not known to be real, though. Neither is God. Not not known to be real. What? Never mind. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there are some who say that Atlantis was real and that um, some of the Egyptian stories speak of this city. But that's what I'm saying. There are people who say that God is real and some rednecks speak of, you know, his story. The magic that I believe in is Sorry, I shouldn't way more fun than the Bible. Rednecks, it's not just rednecks. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. I was trying to be funny and I realized that might not be funny. It might not. So I, I'm backtracking a little bit. Good on you. But anyway, I yeah. like fun magic. I don't like boring, rapey, racist, gross magic. Sure. Yeah, fun magic is much better. Atlantis. Unicorns. That's fun magic. Tarot. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. He spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth over nothing. I mean. He doesn't, though. I guess. Gravity does. Right, like right. Well, or. Mass. Yeah. And the the sun's orbit pool. Yeah. Like centrifugal force on but a how, massive scale. Like suspended over. Like, what, what do they mean by that? Because I don't know that they even knew what the shape of the earth was back then. So. Or that it was suspended over anything. It was a disc and he was spinning it like spinning plates. It's, it'd be interesting to know what they actually thought of the world that they lived in. Like, what did they think it was made up of? Like, do you know that there's people, like, over there? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they obviously didn't know they were over there, but... Right. Like, what do you... what What is your idea of what the world is? Yeah. How do you perceive it? Do you think that it's just a, a flat... Right. It would be an interesting, I mean, like, to know what they were thinking about this thing that they're talking about. Right. Right. So. He wraps up the waters in his clouds, yet the clouds do not burst under their weight. I mean, they they do. Sometimes they do. Yeah, that's that's what fucking rain is. Exactly. He covers the face of the full moon, spreading his clouds over it. I mean, no. There are clouds that sometimes cover the moon from sight. But also there's But it's also still there. There's also sometimes an eclipse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's not clouds. That's just a fucking shadow. Yeah. He covers the face of the moon, spreading his clouds over it. He marks out the horizon on the face of the waters for a boundary between light and darkness. No, no. No. You're so silly. Yeah. I, I'm sorry at you. <laughs> you need to, like, attend maybe fifth just a grade couple clients. Of, right, yeah. Like, and that that's... That's probably, they were slightly below that level for this time yeah, period, I would say. Yeah. You know, well, I'm more than slightly below that, actually. I'd say more like a second or third grade science level, maybe. Okay. I was going to say. If that even. I was going to say, like, if they were real smart, though, they could sit in a fifth grade class and maybe catch up. They, maybe. Maybe. If they, had, if, they, if they were really smart, maybe. Okay. So we're talking a third to fifth grade um, knowledge I mean, level. based on what I've been reading in the Bible yeah. about science, that's kind of, yeah, my take on it. Um, I think most of our neighbors have a third to fifth grade education <laughs> level, and <laughs> that's sad. I, I mean, I've probably unlearned more science than I've learned, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know. No, yeah, I, that's true. For myself, that's true. Yeah, unfortunately. When I'm doing math with the kid, and they're, like, asking me for help. I I have to like dig relearn. deep. I have to dig deep to relearn since they do math so differently than I did. Yeah, um, it's a it's, struggle. It's not just relearning; it's relearning what it. How did I do this again? And then learning it the new way. Right. 
which sometimes is better and sometimes isn't. Sure. But that's the way of things, I guess, right? Yeah. So, I mean, how educated am I? You know uh, both ways. Know. You know both ways. You learn both ways. I'm, I'm like how to do math two different ways. I don't know that that's helpful. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still can't figure out which side of the car the gas is on, you know? Well, to be fair, our car is one of the few cars in the world, apparently, that doesn't have the goddamn triangle pointing to which side it's supposed to be on. Right. It doesn't. I'm like, and what not the only fuck? that, but the hose yeah. is on it's the wrong side. It's got a picture side, of the hose and it's on the wrong on the fucking wrong side. side. Yeah. Like, fuck you, car. Yeah. So, like, when I first learned that, oh, really? You just look at the little image and it yeah. tells you? I was like, I must not understand the direction. <laughs> like, I thought it was me. But no, our car doesn't and, have one. And it's not that our car is like super old or dumb or bad. Right. Yeah. It's not. No. Okay. Sorry. The pillars yeah. of the heavens quake, aghast at his rebuke. <laughs> I was being aghast. Oh, okay. Making a ghast noise. I, I can't. <laughs> See, when you ask me to do something, what happens to me? Um, You freeze and you do not. Uh, work on on command. Yeah, so you can't just ask me to make a sound. It has to be unprompted, you know. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm trying to make sounds that are a gas. You're welcome. Oh my! You're welcome to make the sounds. Am I doing? You're doing a great job. Okay. Yeah, that's amazing. Huh? That How about was that perfect. One? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that was, that was a great. That's a gas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because the pillars of heavens were quaking. Right. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, now we have examples of what a gas means. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that's perfect. By his power. <laughs> By the power of Grayskull. I have the power! <laughs> You're He-Man. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not She-Ra. Because <laughs> you know why? I always wanted to be... What was her, what was her name? Uh, who? who? The, the, the bad one? No, the good one, but the eagle head. Like the, eagle head? The sorceress. I thought she was bad. No, you're thinking of Evelyn. Oh, okay. I don't Evelyn, know. I don't, I don't know who the other one is then. Okay, the sorceress is literally the one who gave He Man the sword and gave him the power. Oh, okay. Like she, I only remember Shira. Okay, she as far as a girl and, and and then the evil sorceress. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I apparently I'm remember, not. I'm, I fail at my He Man fandom. Do you remember Skeletor? Of course. You boob. <laughs> You got to admit, I did that, that pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty good. Okay. All right. By his power, he turned up the sea. By his wisdom, he cut Rahab to pieces. Oh, I damn. Rahab. Yeah, I do too. By his breath, the skies became fair. His hand pierced the gliding serpent. And these are but the outer fringe of his works. How faint the whisper we hear of him. Who then can understand the thunder of his power? The end. Mm. Which which serpent did he pierce? All of them. Are we supposed to know something about a serpent? The gliding one. Which gliding fucking Only serpent? Only one was gliding. The gliding one. I don't know of the gliding serpent. It says. Yeah, I know it says. That's what I'm <laughs> curious about, though. The fuck? I don't know. Where did know. the gliding serpent I come from? I don't know, but it was gliding and then he pierced What kind it. of sound does a gliding serpent make? Sigh. <laughs> Okay. Right? Yeah. How about when it gets, you know, speared? <laughs> okay. All right. Right? Yeah. I'm, while we're on, you know, doing sounds, I, I thought we'd know. do some sounds. So I was trying. I don't know. Right. Right. 
All right, before we get too off base here, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. Job chapter 26. Oh, it sure as fuck was. And we'll be back tomorrow with... Job chapter 27. All right, guys, we'll see you then. Yep, bye. Husband! Wife! Do you remember what happened yesterday? No. What? But, well... Well, I mean, we talked about He-Man. We did. Um, Job said some things. He did. I don't. I don't really remember much beyond that, honestly. I it it we got so sidetracked that I I kind of lost uh, track of what we talked about. To be perfectly honest, mostly with you. he was just going on about how God's cool or whatever. Okay, so that was it. That's nothing why nothing I, didn't I agree stick. with. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, nothing that would be worth remembering. Yeah, in, no. in our minds, I loved it when he was questioning God. Yeah, that, but when he's like, yeah, he's my dude. I'm like, he's not my dude. So and, and is he though? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was Job chapter twenty six. Sure as fuck was. And today we'll be reading Job chapter twenty seven. All right, let's go do this. Okie dokie. Okay, so Job chapter twenty seven. Okay, but before we start that, I just have to read something because um. The last, one of the last lines of Job chapter 26 yeah. reminded me of something else. Okay. Okay. Just now as I was like, oh, what was sure. that about? Okay. Um, like the last line is, or the last verse is, and these are but the outer fringe of his works. How faint the whisper we hear of him. And that made me think of a poem, How Doth the Little Crocodile. I, I'm, I'm, I don't, yeah. You don't know that? No. Okay. It's from Alice in Wonderland by okay. Lewis Carroll. And... Um, it's very short, so I'm just going to read it. Okay, and yeah. How doth the little crocodile improve his shining tail and pour the waters of the Nile on every golden scale? How cheerfully he seems to grin, how neatly spreads his claws and welcomes little fishes in with gently smiling jaws. <laughs> so That's a, a good one. Yeah, like that's, that. a, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I just, anytime somebody says, how bloody blah, 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 blah. It reminds always, you of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't help it. Right. It's just the way my stupid brain works. Sure. I see patterns everywhere. I, I know. Okay. So <laughs> I'm married to you. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, Job, chapter 27. Ready? Okay, I'm ready. And. Oh, and. Not then. Not then. Then. And Job continued his discourse. Okay. Womp, womp. Well, I mean. We he's got some things to say, man. He does, but it probably won't be very good, right? We don't know. Might right. be the best shit we ever read. All right. This could be better than... Better than Aunt- Esther? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was, that good. was good. I got to give you credit there. I know, right? Yeah. Okay. As surely as God lives, he says, who has denied me justice, the Almighty who has made my life bitter, yeah, yes. as long as I have life within me, the breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not say anything wicked and my tongue will not utter lies. Okay. He's like, this guy that fucked me over and was like totally an asshole at me? Yeah. Uh-huh, I'm not going to say anything bad about yeah, him. Yeah, you might be a dick, but I'm not going to say that. Even though I just did. Right. Like, literally. No, I'm, said, no, I'm just saying, like, you might be a dick. No, I'm but not saying he's, you are a dick. But that's what I'm saying. He's like, he's like, he's made my life bitter, but I'm not going to trash talk <laughs> right? him. Like, my guy. That's Come like on. the people that are like, that are like um, you know... I don't really approve of this, but you know, I, I, I agree that you should do whatever you want to do. 
So and, and I don't I don't want to say anything bad about you know your choices and like yeah but you just did yeah, yeah. so where they're like <laughs> I'm just gonna not say anything but you you didn't by literally saying something you just said something yeah you did you did not in fact keep your fucking mouth shut right right if you can't say nothing nice don't say nothing at all so that's what I'm going you didn't you weren't nice <laughs> you stupid ass right okay sorry we're yeah. just beating a dead horse yeah, now but. Right. That that stupid shit really pisses me off. Yes. yes. Okay. I will never admit you are in the right. Till you know, I... hold on, hold on. Beating a dead horse. Mm-hmm. That would imply that it's more productive to beat a live horse, but I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think you should beat any animal. No, I totally agree. I'm just saying, like don't, that's a bad saying. Don't like beat... you're implying that you should beat a live horse, but not a dead horse. Only beat your meat. <laughs> Don't be your children. I didn't, I didn't want to get too far beyond that because it just it, it just popped in my head. I had to say something. Yeah, don't beat your children and don't beat your horses. Yeah, exactly. Only beat your meat. Right. That's All it. All right, perfect. I'm glad okay. we got that settled. We did. Um, we had to have that talk. Right, yeah. Okay. I will never admit you are in the right till I die. I will not deny my integrity. I will maintain my innocence and never let go of it. My conscience will not reproach me as long as I live. So he's telling well, he's... his friends, I ain't going to... Say that God's a dick, even though he's being dickish. But I'm also not going to say, say I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm yeah. right, but I ain't saying he's wrong. Even right. though I just I think what he's struggling with right now, like what he's trying to come to terms with, is that he doesn't know what the fuck or why the fuck is happening. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny because he's like trying to say two things at the same time, and one can't be true. Right. Yeah. And he's trying to make them both be true. Right. Right. May my enemy be like the wicked. My adversary like the unjust. For what hope have the godless when they are cut off when God takes away their life? But we just covered, we've covered this two different ways. Mm-hmm. Job said how much they live and prosper. Mm-hmm. And then he's also like, but yeah, they also die and don't do well. Mm-hmm. So which is it? Do they, do they, I, it's just whatever happens to whatever. Yeah. That's all it is. Whatever happens to whatever. I mean, I'm serious. Like it, you, you, you can't. They're, they, all religion is is trying to attribute shit to things that are happening, right? And things happen to all kinds of different people. Good, bad, ugly, pretty, whatever. doesn't fucking matter. Things happen to people. Mm-hmm. Shit happens. Mm-hmm. Good things happen. Bad things happen. And people want to put it on God. I don't know why. I wish they'd put it on themselves or the person that did the thing. Or bad instead luck. Instead of, right, like, just... It is what it is, you know? Sometimes people get cancer. But, like, if I do something good for somebody, I don't want them to be like, oh, thank God, I really needed this. No, thank me, you fucker. You mean, like, the doctors that save people's lives every day? And yeah. Then they're like, oh, the power of prayer. And it's like, no, it's the power of all the people that had money to go to college and got their degrees. and then Science. And then did all the work to make sure that you lived. Right. Yeah. Thank the appropriate entity, which is never God. Ever. Just saying. Yeah. No, totally agree. So Job continues, does God listen to their cry when distress comes upon them? Will they find delight in the Almighty? Will they call on God at all times? I mean, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Evil people are going to evil, Maybe. whether there's a God or not. I mean, we've run across some evil people that seem to call on God a lot. Oh, yeah. Crazy in the Bi- eyes. In the, in the Bible and in real life. Yeah. Yeah. So I will teach you about the power of God, the ways of the Almighty I will not conceal. You have all seen this yourselves. Why then this meaningless talk? 
Here is the fate God allots to the wicked, the heritage a ruthless man receives from the Almighty. However many his children, their fate is the sword. His offspring will never have enough to eat because we do like to punish yeah, children. Yeah, this is, this is back to the punishing the children. And mm-hmm. the, you're not actually punishing the, the sinner or whatever. Yeah. You're punishing his progeny, which is bullshit. It really is. His, and it's not just that. Like, God likes to go down ten generations. That person in the tenth generation doesn't even fucking remember the person that got punished in the first place. Yeah, or what they did. And it's right. like, wow, did they do something that was bad enough to be um, punished people who weren't even born? But if the person is truly evil or bad, right, mm-hmm. why would they give a fuck whether you – like, if, if they truly don't give a fuck about people, yeah, why would they care that you punish their children? It doesn't matter. Yeah, because that's, – That's, like, completely worthless punishment. It really is. It really is. The plague will bury those who survive them, and their widows will not weep for them. I mean, probably mm. not because they're assholes. Maybe. I mean, if they're bad. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, I see. The, the bad people are bad. The bad people. Right, I got it. Yeah. Okay. Though he heaps up silver like dust and clothes like piles of clay, what he lays up the righteous will wear and the innocent will divide his silver. The house he build is like a moth's cocoon, like a hut made by a watchman. He lies down wealthy, but will do so no more. When he opens his eyes, all is gone. Mm. Terrors overtake him like a flood. A tempest snatches him away in the night. Those damn tempests. I like um, Shakespeare's play, The Tempest. It's really good. Yeah. It's a storm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I I like that story, though. It's a really good one. Have you read The Tempest? I haven't, no. You should. I should. I really should. The east wind carries him off and he is gone. It sweeps him out of his place. It hurls itself against him without mercy as he flees headlong from its power. It claps its hands in derision and hisses him out of his place. The end. So it sounds like he's saying that when you die, you got some bad shit ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to have your things, obviously. And you're mm-hmm. going to have some, you know, a tempest take you away and beat mm-hmm. you against walls or something. Yeah. Evil so. people will get punished. The end. Right. <laughs> Which is, you know, like that's the romantic theory of any religion, really. Mm-hmm. Like justice will come after death, right? Mm-hmm. You you reap what you sow. We love these sayings that mm-hmm. that mean that justice will come later. Yeah. Right? Because none of us like, you know, I think it's mostly because none of us like confrontation in this world. Mm-hmm. So we don't like to actually call people out on being bad. We don't like right. to interfere with things that are going on that are unjust. Right. We just let them be. It's you know? true. And and so we're like, well, God, God will take we'll care him. of it. Yeah. yeah. God will take care of that. It's true. Fuck that. God won't take care of shit. We need to take care of it now. That includes this world that we live in. That includes everything that you see and people that you see down the street and things that are happening in front of you. Take care of it then and there. There, blah, 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 blah. there, there and, and then. then. Yeah. And don't assume, don't, there is no fucking punishment after life. Because there's no afterlife. Right. You're fucking dead. Yep. Deal with the now. Yeah. That is my philosophy. And I'm not saying lead a hedonistic lifestyle and no. just throw the rules out the window. But if that's what floats your boat, as long as, you know, informed, everybody's cons- consent. informed consent, mm-hmm. then, you know, all more power, all the, whatever. I can't speak tonight. I don't know what the fuck's going on with my brain. It's dumb. It's dumb. Your brain More is power dumb. to you. That's what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I we live a fairly mundane. You know, we're we're very happy, mm-hmm. but we 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 don't 
most people would call us good people, I think. Yeah. And we don't really, I, I don't know. We're kind of boring. Yeah. Honestly. Mostly. I mean, this is this is as wild as it gets right here. It's Cussing true. at God on our podcast and, you know, like, we're like, ooh, we cuss. We cussed to God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did have a glass of wine at mm. your mom's birthday party last night. We bought some night. weed from Helmet, like near what Hell, Michigan. Yeah, we did. That was that was crazy. Yeah, I told my mom about it, and she, I go, I'm going to eat an edible. Your Baptist mom. My Baptist mom. I said, um, when we go to this gathering, you're going to see me kind of out of it. I'm just being honest in case you're uncomfortable, but I will have eaten an edible. <laughs> and my mom's like, what's an edible? And I literally <laughs> had to explain it's marijuana. And she goes, well, why is it called an edible? And I go, because you eat it instead of smoke it. Right, right. Like my mom literally and had no idea. she was like, brownies. She goes, special brownies? And I was like, I mean, that is a type of edible, but that's not the type I got. Right. I'm, we got gummies. I'm having, and she goes, she goes, well, how else do they make it? And I I said, well, lots of different ways, but the most popular currently is gummies. And that's what I got. Right. Right. And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Although I saw one of our friends on Twitter. He had like an Oreo ball thing. It was like 100 milligrams of fucking weed. And like the ones that we got were 20 milligrams. And I'm like, that shit fucked me up. You're eating a hundred milligram. Oh my god. That I mean, he I, I know for a fact that he like he you know, worked up to that. He, yeah. Yeah. But because 30 would knock me off my ass. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You 20 knocks me off my 20 ass. 20 knocks And if you, I don't eat anything, 10 knocks me off my ass. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we figured out our our limits there. So yeah, a hundred would be way too far for either of us at this point in time. I mean, to be fair, I hadn't had weed in probably Five or six years prior to us buying that up there in hell. So, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like we have it a lot. No, no. But that's how boring we are. That's I think, how boring we are. Yeah. What we try to we're just, convey. We're fucking boring. We are. Sorry we're boring. I mean. We're not. We try not to be boring on here. People seem to like us okay. Yeah. And our friends are kind of cool. I mean, we have cool friends. We have really cool friends. We do have really cool friends. Like, we have the coolest friends, actually. Yeah. You know what else? I would love to someday, like, like we have still not run into any, like, we went to that convention down in Louisville. Mm-hmm. We've still not run into any fans anywhere. Right. Now, we did make a fan out of having gone yes. to um, yeah, Louisville. Yeah, well, we made a friend. No, we made a friend, and then um, there was another lady that said that she met us down there and started listening. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so we made a friend, and we made a fan. Yeah, yeah. And... And it would be neat to make it the other way where we're just tooling around and we're like, right. Yeah. We're wife and husband. But just so you know, we would be like more than thrilled to meet somebody at like a coffee shop. Probably if you were in our area. Yeah. I so. would, I would like fall off my stool. That would be just awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so if any of y'all are in like the Dayton or Cincinnati area, just, you know, yeah. give us a shout out and tell us you're going to be here. Honestly, even Columbus, we would, we would make the trip out. I think we would. Well, I, if we got time, if we well, got time. If somebody said, well, I guess I'm we're a little closer to Columbus now where yeah. we moved. So, yeah, if somebody was like, well, I'm not in the Dayton or Cincinnati area, but I'm over in Columbus. That's close enough. What if we got together? I would be like, fuck, yeah, we will. Right, right. Yeah, yeah there's some really great, you know, rest stops along the way between Dayton and Columbus. <laughs> oh, my God. There really is nothing but rest stops between Dayton and Columbus. That's I mean, it's all country. Yeah. No. I think there's like a Wendy's about halfway or something. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've eaten at that Wendy's. <laughs> all right. That's all we got for tonight, I think. That was Job chapter 27. Sure as fuck was. And we will be back tomorrow with... Job chapter 28. All right. We'll see you guys then. Bye.
wife. Do you remember what happened yesterday? Uh, Job was like, God's good, but I my things suck. And I like same shit. Yeah. He's like, he's bad, but I'm not going to say God's bad. Right. Yeah, basically. He did a bad, but he's not bad. Right. Right. He did a not good, but he's still good. Yeah. And, you know, but he's still saying the things where God's bad. Yeah. He's just not wanting to. He's like, he's, I'm going to say he's bad. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I'm blaming him for it, even though I blamed him for it. Right. So it's like he wants credit for not calling God a dick. Yeah, like hey, though- you're a dick, but oh wait, but you're not a dick. Right. I mean, dude, not, it, not it, you. I'm calling you a dick. It's, yeah. It's not that you're a dick so much as that you did a dickish thing because you're. But you're not a dick. You're dickish. So yeah, but not, but not really. But not a dick. Not really though. Yeah. Yeah. Dicking around. Right. Dick Lee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All those things. So that was Job chapter 27. Sure as Dick was. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're going to be reading... Job chapter 28. All right. Let's go do this. Okay. Okay. Job chapter 28. Okay. There is a mine for silver. There is. I mean, there's probably multiple mines for silver. And a place where gold is refined. Why is there a mine for silver when they're doing gold? Silver and gold, silver and gold. Okay, anyway, silver. Okay, iron. Man, they're just covering (laughs) all the metals here. Is taken from the earth and copper is smelted from ore. What the fuck? Whoever smelt it dealt it. (laughs) What is going on here? Mortals put an end to the darkness. I heard it was actually that one god that stole fire. Mm. What was that guy's name? Uh, was that was that was that Atlas? It wasn't Atlas. I, I don't know. Who was the god that stole fire and gave it to us? I'm not sure. And then he was punished for eternity. I don't. I don't know. And then so he was like. Um, tied to a rock and like eagles or hawks or some shit would come like peck at his guts and then every day they'd come do it again yeah and, okay anyway so mortals and that one greek or roman god put an end to the darkness prometheus prometheus why didn't i know that that's yeah. so obvious in right. retrospect yeah, yeah seriously did you not know that i didn't know that i've heard i've kind of heard that story but i so it's been, I, I was pretty young when I was really interested in Greek and Roman gods. As, and as I, we all are. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't really remember that much about it. So oh. it's, you know. Okay. I knew Icarus flew too close to the, the sun. Icarus and, did. And, yeah. you know. And then um, his wings melted and Zeus was in charge. And yeah. Hercules, you know, he's like half god type thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Jesus. Yeah. Um, Except that Zeus was a rapey swan or goose or mule no not a mule um bull venus was in charge of love right um she's got it yeah baby she's got (laughs) it i'm your venus i'm your fire yeah it's your desire okay do you know that song yeah i do know that song okay well you looked at me like i was nuts what (laughs) (laughs) okay so Prometheus and the mortals put an end to the darkness. They search out the farthest recesses for ore in the blackest darkness. 
Okay. okay. Why would they search in the blackest darkest darkness? That's like asking why do humans climb really, really fucking tall mountains? Because it's there to I be guess. discovered. I guess. Okay. I mean, seriously, why? Sure. Because we, we want to know all the things. So we explore every single space of darkness, height, and depth. Okay. Okay. All right. Far from human dwellings, they cut a shaft. <laughs> I, just, like I wasn't even going to react. And then I looked at you and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> because I looked at you. Yeah. I didn't even have to say it. He said shaft. Right. Okay. Yeah. In places untouched by human feet. See, they go all the places. Yeah, all the places. Far from other people, they dangle and sway like a bunch of nut sacks just dangling and swaying. <sighs> oh, you know, um, that reminds me, speaking of nut sacks, for real. Yeah, for real. Okay. Yeah. So, like, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to now, mm-hmm. um, they have these sponsors that have these um, underwears. And all of the underwears have moisture wicking. Ah. And that is, like... No matter what brand it is now, moisture wicking. They wick that moisture. It wicks it. It wicks it good. Yeah. It wicks it real good <laughs> so that your nuts never sweat. Because, That's good stuff. Because they got wicked. Yeah. They wick it to the left and they wick it to the right. Yeah. Okay. So wick it, wick it, wick it, wick it. Yeah. Wick it real good. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Okay. I don't know. Sorry. Uh-huh. Okay. The earth from which food comes. Yeah. It's transported okay. below as by fire. Lapis lazuli comes from its rocks. What is this still Job? Like are we we're mm-hmm. reading Job, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know when I was young I thought it was lapis lazuli. Yeah. I'm really I was really I was personally offended when I Wasn't found out. Wasn't it just recently that you figured that out? Probably, but why did you have to say it like oh, that? Oh, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> no, it was in my twenties. Yeah. And I was really offended because lapis lazuli just it's so much more fun than lapis lazuli. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck you. Okay, anyways. Um that comes from its rocks and its dust contains nuggets of gold. There's more gold. Yeah, right? more gold. No bird of prey knows that hidden path. No falcon's eye has seen it. Proud beasts do not set foot on it and no lion prowls there. This okay. is sounds like a Garden of Eden, except that it's a rock garden. Yeah. Like, for trolls Congratulations, and you guys found rocks that have no actual, like, meaning to anything, except for people who want to make it Into have jewelry. Meaning. Yeah, yeah. So. Ooh, you were a shiny. You were a sparkly. I, I don't understand. Like, why, why did we settle on making inanimate objects our form of tender? I have no idea. You know, like, why don't we still do the the barter system to me makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But then everybody has to agree on exactly how many sheep equal exactly how many um, Dawn um, dishwasher pots. But we still do essentially the same thing, just with we attribute value to the items and then pay for them with things that essentially have no value. Right. Because money is pretend. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's dumb. Yeah. There's a whole anti-money movement growing. Yeah. I've heard. Oh, that reminds me. Okay, this is really cool. You'll actually like this. Mm. Um, There are places, I think in New York is where they said that they're starting, where they have reverse ATMs. Because during the pandemic, a lot of stores started saying, no money, no money. Like, they didn't want to deal with cash because, you know, cash is gross, right? Okay. 
So um, then there was some law passed in, or a bill presented at least that was like, guys, um, you can't exclude dollars because not everybody has like, I don't know, a bank account or a credit card or what the fuck ever. Right. Like it's legal tender. You have to accept it. <laughs> so in order to get around that, um, certain stores started creating um, reverse ATMs where you go into the store and you give them the cash into the like ATM, only it then it spits out a card so that you have store credit on that card. Interesting. So that you don't have cash right. being exchanged. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I found it very interesting. Yeah. And... Um, not all stores are charging a fee, but there are some stores that will charge like a five dollar fee for that's bullshit. turning your car your money into. That's bullshit. No, I totally agree. But a lot of stores are like they'll eat the fee because you know they get charged per transaction. Yeah. Of, on credit cards. So um, anyway, I just found it really interesting that we are slowly a little bit somewhere sometimes trying to. Create a way for the poor or the unhoused to still be able to spend even in a cashless society. Yeah. But cash will still always be king. Mm, not really. No? No. You don't think? No. Why? Because it's you, you, you used to say that about buying a car. It is no longer the case because you get a better deal if you don't use cash. You say that, like, you can't even use it in certain transactions anymore. I mean, like, like I cash, said, yeah, yeah, cash is definitely not king. But on the black market and underground, sure, where you know the majority of people are at this point, yeah, like the underclasses, like us and below, um, will always need cash, sure. Don't you agree? No, you're looking at me like I'm nuts, uh, yeah, but there are so many, we covered people. that in the intro, didn't we? Oh, well, yeah. Okay, but there are so many people that, um, for whatever reason, they can't qualify for a credit card or checking account. And there are so many people that um, may, for whatever reason, not want their transactions tracked. So right. cash will always serve a purpose. Sure. No, it definitely does. But it's definitely not easy to utilize. It's not, it's not, you, you said cash is king. It's definitely not king. You cannot. You you have an easier time using a card anywhere these days, pretty much. Mm. Okay. You're more likely to have success with a payment if you have cards. You think? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's easier to use a card, but I don't think that that means that cash is out. Like everybody likes cash. Do they? It's yeah. extra shit you got to carry around. All right, that's fair. That is fair. Yeah. Okay. All right, back to the rocks. And the no lion prowls there. Okay. In the rock garden. People assault the flinty rock with their hands and lay bare the roots of the mountains. I, where are we going with this? I don't know. I'm, I'm completely, like, lost here what we're talking about even because we're... We're in a rock garden. I, and I think we're finding, in Job, but, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the fuck's going on. They tunnel through the rock. Their eyes see all its treasures. They search the sources of the rivers and bring hidden things to light. But where can wisdom be found? Okay, are we like reading this too literally? Because I'm not probably. I'm not getting it if it's a metaphor. I'm just a big dumb. There's a lot of rocks, a lot yeah. of a lot of metal, a lot of rocks. And now, where can wisdom be found? Now, wisdom, yeah. 
Where does understanding dwell? Not in a rock garden. Not not in rocks. That's where you go for Zen. Yeah. Yeah. No mortal comprehends its worth. It cannot be found in the land of the living. Wait, no mortal comprehends wisdom? No. Or, or what, what was it? No mortal understands its worth. What worth? A what? The worth of the rocks or I thought he was just dark. talking about wisdom. Or wisdom? I don't I don't fucking know. I don't get this. I'm sorry. I'm tired, and this is not sinking in. Apparently. Okay. You didn't catch it either. No, that's why I was trying to figure out, like, that's why I was asking. Okay, let me re-, re... They search the sources of the rivers and bring hidden things to light. But where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? No mortal can understand its worth. It cannot be found in the land of the living. Right. Understanding and wisdom. Oh, Those are the okay. things that cannot be found and understood, apparently. Okay. I, I definitely don't think that's true, but okay. Okay. Because, I mean, I understand wisdom and the, the value of it. And, and, you know, I know where, you know, it's it's definitely valuable. It, it is. I will give you that. Wisdom is valuable. That's why we pay for college degrees. Right. Yeah. Okay. The deep says, it is not in me. The deep, huh? The deep. Interesting. <gasps> oh, my God. On The Boys, there's God a character called The Deep. Yes, there is. <laughs> and he says, it's not in me. <laughs> <laughs> the C says, it is not with me. Okay. okay. Yeah, I wouldn't expect to find wisdom in the sea. Nope. It cannot be bought with the finest gold, nor can its price be weighed out in silver. Mm, you I... keep your silver and gold. Okay. It cannot be bought with the gold of Ophir, with precious onyx or lapis lazuli. Who's Ophir? Who's Ophir? I don't fucking know. But okay. that guy got gold. I guess. Um. Apparently, that's our question of the week. Yeah. Who the fuck is Ophir and what the fuck does this chapter mean? Right. Okay. I'm so sorry, but this chapter is hard. Don't you agree? Yeah. No, okay. I'm, I'm not following. I mean, I'm not getting what this is, yeah, where it's going. I, I want to understand the point, but it's not happening here. Right. Neither gold nor crystal can compare with it, nor can it be had for jewels of gold. Coral and Jasper. Are not worthy of not, mention. No. The price of wisdom is beyond rubies. It's beyond those too, yeah. The topaz of Kush cannot Definitely compare not, with it. Yeah. Wisdom is so much better. It, it cannot be bought with pure what gold. What the fuck is the topaz of Kush though? Must be a famous Okay, topaz. there's this place called Kush and they have topaz there. Okay, okay. All right. And all that topaz well, I thought maybe it was like Kush, a single stone known as the topaz of Kush or something. I'm assuming that... They, the city of Kush is renowned for its Got it. topaz. Okay. Got it. That's what I would... And and that they make some fancy topaz over there. Well, who would know? This is just all coming out of left field here. And it can't be bought with pure gold. No, definitely Again, not. Yeah. They are stuck Probably not on, credit cards either. You're probably right. Yeah. Even with a reverse ATM, I bet. Right, yeah. Okay. Where then does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? I bet they'll tell us. I bet they don't. It's don't the Bible. So? Well, they don't yeah. like telling us shit. Yeah. It is headed, headed, hidden from the eyes of every living thing, concealed even from the birds in the sky. Why would they? Why would they hide and conceal such a valuable thing? As wisdom. Yeah. Why would God do that to us? I would think that we should all have wisdom. Yeah. Let's all get it. I want some wisdom. I like learning things. Let's ha- let's yeah. Let's find out where to get this wisdom shit. Yeah. Where do you go? And how much is it? Right. Destruction and death say. Only a rumor of it has reached our ears. Mm, okay. God understands the way to it. I figured that might he be. He alone knows where it dwells. He alone. 
for he views the earth or no, what does he view? He views the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens, except for where was Adam and then where was Yeah. <laughs> where was Cain? No, wait, Cain, no. Yeah, Cain. Where's your brother, Cain? Right. Yeah, yeah. But who was it? Was it wait, was it Samuel or no, it wasn't was it Samuel? Who was the wisest? Remember the wisest Sam, one? It was Samuel. It was Samuel? Wasn't it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. He was so wise. He okay. had a bath. Didn't Samuel have the bath? I'm trying to remember. I think I think that's right. Okay. Well, he, whoever it was, his name started with an S. Because there was a bunch of guys in a row whose name started with S. Right. Like Saul yeah. and well, Samuel. Saul. I'm I'm pretty sure it was Samuel. Okay. And he had that big C. The yeah. bath was the was C. Was that his? I think so. Okay. And he was wise beyond all. Okay. Yeah. So he found the wisdom. He did. He he had it. He was the wisest. He was the wisest. Mm-hmm. So he must have been rich beyond comparison. Wait, was Samuel the one with Bathsheba? That's what I'm trying to remember. Oh, was it? No. Who did Bathsheba fuck? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Because that remember. guy was the wisest. Right. Who was it? Bathsheba yeah, I, it was, um, and who was with King Beth- David? David. Yeah. David wasn't the wisest, was he? No. No, it was somebody after that. Oh. So, who was... Oh, uh, it's the Queen of Sheba that came to see the wise guy. Remember? Right. And then she may have been like a queen from Africa, I think? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, who was that one? That was... Queen of Sheba. Who did she fuck? It was uh, King Solomon. Solomon. I told you it started with an S. Yeah. It but you're bug- right. It was bugging me. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, it wasn't. We, we suck. We, we, read, we read these books and we're like, we're like, which one is it? Which it, one is it's it? It's one of them guys. It's one of them guys. There were so many in a row and they all started with S. Yeah. I'm really bad. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I told you at the time I can't do it. And it's badly named. Remember, I told you at the time that that's what they tell you as a writer. Do not make all of your characters have right, names right. that start with the same letter. Yeah, it's confusing. I can't be held responsible it's for confusing. that. confusing. Okay? That's God's Samuel, fault. I think, had the good hair. Samuel had the good hair. Yeah, that sounds right. Right. Yeah. And then Solomon was wise, and he had a bath, and he, um, the Queen of Sheba came to see him, and she right. riddled him. Yeah. Riddle me this, bitch. <laughs> okay, when he... Established the force of the wind and measured out the waters, God that is. Yeah. When he made a decree for the rain and a path for the thunderstorm, then he looked at wisdom and appraised it. And he appraised it, huh? He sees it. It's sitting over there. Mm-hmm. And he's like looking at it. And he's he, like, but he didn't make wisdom? He appraised it. I know, but it doesn't say he made it. Uh, apparently he didn't. He huh. confirmed it and tested it. So there was something there. And he didn't know about it till he looked at it appraised it, confirmed it, and tested it. And then he hmm. was like, okay, wisdom. Interesting. I have now drawn your measure. I, I get you now. Okay. Okay. All right. And he said to the human race. Did he? God okay. did. Yeah. Ready? I'm ready. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. The end. I shun evil. I do shun evil. I do not fear the Lord. But I do I don't have even wisdom nonetheless. Them. Right, I think I'm. I think I'm pretty wise. Or, or you know what? I don't know that I'm necessarily wise, but I seek wisdom, and yes. I think wisdom is a journey, not a destination. Oh, definitely, definitely. Like you don't just wake up and be like, "Whoop! I learned all I can learn, so now I'm wise." The end. Yeah, yeah. Like if I think that if you are seeking wisdom, you seek it till the end of your days. I honestly don't think that Christians oftentimes shun 
um, evil. Like they you know, don't. Trump is fucking evil. They do evil. not shun evil. And and they they just kind of welcome it right in. To shun evil is understanding. Right. I, that's going to be my new. You need to read this verse and tell me why you're voting for Trump. Right. God said to the human race. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. Right. So are you telling me that you are not understanding? They would tell you that evil is you and, you know, And I would say, well, I haven't and... raped anybody and I have not um, been mean to people. Right. So. But you know what? We did get a win recently. Tucker Carlson got fired. I know. So that was really fun. Yeah. 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 And, and apparently... He didn't even know it was coming because he said, I'll see you Monday when he signed <laughs> off. And like 10 minutes later, he got shit canned and they were like, no, you won't. That's so funny. <laughs> right? Yeah. That yeah. is so funny. But then what they're saying is they have amicably um, departed That's ways. That's what they always say. Yeah. When you, when I want to know what Tucker says. I ain't heard from him I yet. don't really want to know what he says, actually. I'll be honest. I do. I totally do. I hope he I love fucking retires talk. and goes away for good. He won't. He, You know what? This might free him up to run for president. Oh, fuck that. Because he's a smart dummy. He you will, know what I mean? He will be the fucking next Hitler. Yes. Yes. If, he, if we let that happen. I guarantee you that that is something that is crossing his mind. And uh. I heard somebody today say this does free him up to... Then say, well, we we depart we departed ways amicably because I told them that I wanted to do this, mm -hmm. and he mm -hmm. might be gathering his forces. That would be tragic for this country. That would be very tragic because he is not a dummy. He just pretends to be. Yeah. He and his dumb looking face with that dumb look on his dumb face. <laughs> I mean, he always looks like a puzzled dumb dumb. Mm, he really does. And he's not. He's actually very smart, which is terrifying. Yeah. And I hate saying that about anybody. Right, right. That is mean and bad. Yeah. He is. So did we have anything more to say about the uh, this chapter? Um, I didn't like it. Oh, okay. I didn't like I the didn't rock either. garden. I didn't either. There was too many fucking rocks. It, it really was. Like, yeah, too much stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm All done. Right. I'm done. Well, anyway, that was Job chapter 28. It sure as dick was. And that's the last time I'll say that. Okay. All right. And tomorrow we will be back with... Job chapter 29. We'll see you guys then. Rock on. Husband. Wife. Do you remember what happened yesterday? There was lots of rocks. Rocks. And um, they more were, rocks. They were looking for wisdom but couldn't find it. Yeah. And then... Very, I don't know why you would look for wisdom in rocks. Um, under a rock. Under a rock? Yeah. Okay. That's where a lot of people hide. Is that where wisdom hides? Yeah. God could barely find wisdom. He didn't even make it. It's true. And he just saw it sitting over there. And assessed it. And assessed it. Yeah. Yeah. The and last sentence was, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. Right, right. Which, that's... I don't, I don't think that's wisdom. That's not wisdom. No. Wisdom has nothing to do with fear of anything. It has to do with seeking knowledge. Right. Yeah. Like, you're using the wrong word. Yeah. That was yeah. dumb. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that chapter. I didn't either. Although I do feel like we might have to look into it more for a Q&A. Yeah. Because yeah. it was out it was of nowhere and weird. Yeah. All right. Well, that was um, Job chapter 28. Sure as fuck was. And today we'll be reading... Job chapter 29. All right. Let's do this. Oh, I thought you had a shout out. 
Oh, yeah, I do. That's right. We have a uh, new patron. Yay! Um, their name is Polly. Polly, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for becoming a patron. Um, I this, this has been happening more and more recently, which is mm-hmm. great because we're... We we kind of we had a break even point last year, mm-hmm. but then we switched to uh, to a different podcast service provider, mm-hmm. and now we're just again hitting close to the break even point. So, so your support you guys are really helping everything. us get where we need to be, at least to sustain what we're doing. Yes. So thank you so much, Polly. It is very very much appreciated. And if you would like to become a patron, um, you can help us out by going to sacri- I'm sorry, no, Patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and you can sign up for as low as two dollars a month and you'll get ad free episodes early access to the episodes and our special patreon um episodes yep and so, your very own shout out like, yeah and your very own shout out just like polly got just thank like you polly. again polly thanks polly Okay, Job chapter 21. Okay. I mean, 29. 29, wow. I don't know why I said 21. We're going backwards? Shit. Hell Never get this no. shit done. Hell no. <laughs> Job continues his discourse. Ready? Does he? Yeah. We continue our discourse, too. We it's, do. It's sacrilegious, even. His isn't so much sacrilegious. Well, yeah. How I long for the months gone by, for the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone on my head. And by his light, I walked through darkness. And when he didn't kill all my kids. Oh, for the days when I was in my prime, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house, Mm -hmm. when the Almighty was still with me and my children were around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was good times. Good times. When my path was drenched with cream and the rock poured out for me streams of olive oil. I love it when rock and have you don't you we have all these rocks that pour out streams of olive oil. Have you ever seen them? No, I had to buy a bottle of olive oil from the store. So you've never seen rocks that pour out olive oil? No. Not not mm. even once. And if I've, if anybody has, I want to know. I've lived a lot of places and I've You never even seen lived that. in Italy. I did. Yeah. And that's what you would think if you're going to see like olive oil producing rocks. Yeah. That's where you might find them, right? Yeah. But, but no. no. Nor did I ever experience a path drenched with cream, except, yeah. except you, there was mm-hmm. one time that a an eighteen wheeler fell over, and it was filled with um, cases of Alfredo sauce. Was this something you actually saw yourself? No, but it did happen here in Ohio. Oh, okay. And so you could say that that highway was a path filled with cream, drenched with cream. Yeah. You, it was, yeah. One might say that. One might. I, so I, I guess, I guess that could happen. That that. Could Although happen. I don't think there was a lot of Alfredo sauce being transported on semi trucks back then. Probably not. So I'm just, I'm just putting it out there that that is a thing that happened. But paths might have been smaller because they were just walk paths, mm-hmm. and somebody might have just had well, like a jar of Alfredo sauce. Yeah. So like, like one of those ceramic vases that, yeah, they, like a mud clay. It could have happened. It could have happened. And they dropped it. Yeah. And then the path was drenched with cream. Could have happened. But, um, but the olive oil, olive oil rocks, coming, I, don't, I don't know about all that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't tell you about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's true. No, I don't think it is either. Yeah. When I went to the gate of the city and I took my seat in the public square, the young men saw me and stepped aside and the old men rose to their feet. The chief men refrained from speaking and covered their mouths with their hands. Why? Because I was awesome. I, 
I'm Job no one's that and I'm fucking awesome. A, no one's that fucking awesome. No? No. You don't think Not so? Not a soul. No. Okay, I agree. The voices of the nobles were hushed, and their tongues stuck to the roofs of their mouths. Really? It sounds um, like they need some water. Or, that's like, yeah. That's pretty, you must be pretty parched to have them stick to the dock at the top of your mouth. They ate too much peanut butter. Yep, that's what it was. That's what it <laughs> have was. Have you ever put peanut butter on a dog's mouth? Yes, yes. It's funny watching, or on a dog's nose, and right. then they lick it off. Yeah. That's funny. Whoever heard me spoke well of me, and those who saw me commend, commended me. Okay, okay. Because I rescued the poor who cried for help and the fatherless who had none to assist them. So you did all those good things that they accused you of doing the exact opposite of when mm-hmm. when your friends were yelling at you? Yeah, I was... And apparently everybody knew this. So, mm-hmm. like, how did they think that he did something else? It must have been something sneaky. Okay. Underhanded. All right. You know? Yeah. Clearly, he was just putting on a show of good okay. is what they're thinking. I guess. The one who was dying blessed me. I made the widow's heart sing. Yeah, you did. i put on righteousness as my clothing but not humility apparently right justice was my robe and my turban but i left my humility at home yeah Mm -hmm. does it say that no oh you just added that i did add that because if he wore humility he wouldn't be talking about how awesome he was right no it's true i'm just saying i mean okay it's like if you give a dollar to like a home unhoused person yes on the street right you don't mm-hmm. go home and be like i single-handedly helped a homeless person today i am awesome and righteous no i feel like if you're helping someone i mean it's not that we i think everybody's at some point probably bragged about helping somebody like it's like mm-hmm. I'm, at some level i'm not saying like but i mean generally speaking i do things that I don't feel the need to brag about. I'm like, I, I just gonna say, do this or do that. That's a humble like, brag, and a humble brag is just another word for braggy brag. But, like, if I donated to NPR, I'd definitely tell you, hey, I donated to NPR. But would you tell, like, everybody that you knew? No. No, I wouldn't either. Yeah. That's the difference. He's, like, everybody knows my awesomeness. Right, that's true. And I'm like, that's not right then you're doing it wrong right every individual person should be able to say yeah he's a really nice guy i've seen him do some really great things but it shouldn't be that the entire group of them is then like here comes that awesome guy who donates to stuff right that's what i'm saying but we do love our awesome people who donate to us we do (laughs) but but they don't brag about it they don't we brag about it for them because we're so grateful yeah Definitely. And they don't have to walk around saying, I donated to sacrilegious discourse. I am righteous and upstanding. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. Mm. That sounds like a good name for a band. Eyes, eyes to, to the, the blind. blind and, right? Yeah. And feet to the lame. Feet but the, I really like eyes to the eyes blind. To the blind. Good, yeah. yeah. I was a father to the needy. I took up the case of the stranger. I broke the fangs of the wicked and snatched the victims from their teeth. Boy, you sound like you were really just like all over the place doing all kinds of good shit. It's like he's Superman. Right? I don't believe him. I don't either. This is too much. This is too much. I, You know what? If God talked about him like this, that'd be one thing. Like, oh my goodness, look at this guy. My man, Job. Right. He doing all this I good I feel like stuff. he's just a little bit of a braggart here. He's doing the humble brag, I'm telling you. Right? I, I'm not for it, Job. I liked you before you started bragging about your goodness. Yeah. I thought, I will die in my own house, my days as numerous as the grains of sand. False. 
Right. <laughs> then yeah. you thought wrong. Yeah. My roots will reach to the water and the dew will lie all night on my branches. Mm. Who said dew? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't want dew on me, but he wanted dew on him. Mm. Mm. Okay. My glory will not fade. The bow will be ever new in my hand. The bow? The bow, the bow. The bow. The bow. I, I the thought bow it was... to the bow. The bang, the bang, diggy, diggy. Yeah, I don't know. People listen to me expectantly, waiting in silence for my counsel. Mm. Okay, then. Yeah. After I had spoken, they spoke no more. <laughs> my words fell gently on their ears. This guy really thinks a lot of himself. He really or does. Or his previous self, anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe God took you down a notch because you're a bragger. You needed it, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, having your 10 kids killed and covered in boils, that was more notch than necessary. Yeah, no, definitely. They waited for me as for showers and drank in my words as the spring rain. Oh. I just can't imagine me. Okay, let's say I was as good as Joe, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine lamenting myself like this. Yeah. Like, it's just such That's a... not the right word. Oh, sorry. Like, lamenting extolling who you used my, to be. My yeah, virtues extolling like your virtues. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I'm just thinking, like, even when I wrote something that I knew was really, really good when I was in school, and, like, I would come home and be like, I wrote this really great paper, but I wouldn't be like, and it was so good that I, um, you know, should be get a Pulitzer Prize or right, whatever. Right. Like, come on now. Right, right. When I smiled at them, they scarcely believed it. The light of my face was precious to them. <laughs> I chose the way for them and sat as their chief. You could, this guy sounds like one step shy of a god. Yeah. I mean, if no you ask wonder, me. No wonder God was like, yeah, you can do with them as you will. <laughs> I mean. He's getting a little too close to my throne here. Mm-hmm. I dwelt as a king among his troops. I was like one who comforts mourners. The end. Okay. You were awesome and knew it. I Yeah. Apparently. apparently. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I, no, I don't like, like, you. if you're that awesome, you don't brag about every single goddamn thing you did. No. That's ridiculous. You were so awesome that you lacked humility, That's then you weren't awesome. Right. Sorry. I mean, honestly, if you're, you're, exa- if you're examining yourself, you, you would be looking at all the things that you did might wrong. be, yeah. Like, maybe you could say, I thought I was one who um, helped the needy, but I must have overlooked somebody. Right. Or... You could say yeah, there's ways to say the same thing, but in a more um, humble way. Humble way, yeah. Like, so. like you could say, um, you know, everybody came to me for advice, and so I thought I was so helpful, but you know, maybe I was too proud of my voice, and right. maybe I gave somebody bad advice, and I need to go back and re-examine all of that. Yeah, like. See, you could take every single one of these things that he bragged about and turn it around into, I thought I was good, but maybe I missed a step. Right, right. And he's not doing that. But he's just assuming that he didn't. He's like, no, I'm awesome. Right. God punished me for nothing. I'm awesome. I don't know. Vain seems like something that you can Mm -hmm. be punished for. Yeah. Vain glory. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan. I'm I'm a little bit worried for him here. Because I feel like maybe he didn't see this bit. Yeah. But I, I know this... But but even God said he's you know he's, he's good and blah 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 upstanding blameless. Man. So I know that's not the case, but like that was just too much. That was too much. It's like when they said that Solomon was the smartest ever. Right. I'm like, come on, you guys. The, yeah. 
nobody's the best, nobody's the worst, okay? They're all shades of nuance. God. Right. Okay. That's enough of that. Yep. All right. Well, that was Job chapter 29. Sure as fuck was. And we will be back tomorrow with... Job chapter 30. All right. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Husband. Wife. Do you remember what happened yesterday? Yeah. uh, Job was going on and on about himself and how amazing he is. How amazing he was. He was, yes. Not Before the fall. I, I... Yeah, I misspoke there. You did. Yep. Yeah, he was like, remember those days when I was awesome? I was like the nicest guy ever, and I did all the nice things that nice guys do because I was nice. Yeah, he seemed like he was nicer than nice. He was like the nicest fucker that ever niced. Yeah, he did niceness. A lot. A lot. And, and According some, to him. And then even some more. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was a bit insufferable, quite honestly. Speaking of nice, I've got something nice to share. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We have a new uh, patron. What? Again? Again. Oh, my God. Yeah. So we'd like to send a big thank you to Ree. Ree, thank you. And uh, they are uh, our newest subscriber, and they're from France. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And uh, they said that they're listening to us as they're working on their home renovations. So we hope your home renovations are going good. And I will do my best to um, laugh in this episode for you. (laughs) And wife will definitely do some... uh, Feminist, Fem- feminist editions. editions. Yeah. So. And if when you're finished renovating your house, you want some more work, um, you can always come do our house. Yeah. Because we're totally always. Yeah. We're always looking for um, renovations. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> if you also would like to help support our podcast, you can do that by going to, uh, wow, patreon.com sac- <laughs> uh, forward slash sacrilegious discourse. <laughs> Are you okay over there? I'm not. I guess not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, and we have levels starting as low as $2 a month and you get our ad-free content, our early episodes, and you get our special Patreon episodes. You do. And they're a hoot. A hoot and a holler. Yeah. Yeah. So again, thank you, Ree, for subscribing on Patreon for us. Thank you so much. Honestly, it just means the world to us. And with that being said, we were just going over... Job chapter 29. Sure as fuck were. Today we're going to be going over Job chapter 30. All right, let's go do this. Okie dokie. Okay, Job chapter 20. 30. 30. 30. 30. I mean, there was a zero in there. I've been having a hard time with numbers because I (laughs) fucked this up yesterday too. So 30, chapter 30. Right, right. Okay. Um, Job is still talking. Okay. Okay. So he's continuing his his sentence. Got it. But. But. Right? Yeah. Now they mock me, men younger than I, whose fathers I would have disdained to put with my sheep dogs. Oh. Damn. Man, that's. Who's judgy? Right? You're kind of an asshole. Of what use was the strength of their hands to me since their vigor had gone from them? Haggard from want and hunger, they roamed the parched land in desolate wastelands at night. In the brush, they gathered salt herbs, and their food was the root of the broom brush bush. Broom bush. Broom bush. You think they made brooms? We out already. Of those? Did we, we? Yeah, that was a thing that happened already, oh. and we were like, "Do brooms grow on trees?" What was the answer? Um, the branches are broom-like. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. They were banished from human society, shouted at as if they were thieves. They were first, first forced. 
They were forced. Jesus. Sorry, I'm having a hard time. Shut <laughs> up. I'm still better than you. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't do the reading. <laughs> I know. So you don't get to make fun of me, asshole. But that's what I do. It is what you do, yeah, right? Yeah. They were forced to live in the dry stream beds, among the rocks, and in holes in the ground. He's talking about these people that are making fun of him, right? Like I these guess. are these are the people that he would have like men younger than I. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Right. They're these young boys are making fun of me. But apparently, like, they're calling he's, me. He's, they're calling he's me like, bald. These guys are the lowest of the low. They're pieces of shit, man. But they're still these guys are making fun of me. Yeah. Like these guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of shitty. It really is. Like, wow, man. Like, you like yourself a little too well, sir. Yeah, you're 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 kind of fucked up right now, and you're still. You're, you're still judging them, and you obviously judged them before. Yeah, and it's so. like, just because you acted nice didn't mean your heart was nice. Right. And God tried to tell us, readers, that you were an upright, blameless dude. But, but you the kind truth of seem a little bit judgy. You're, you're an asshole yeah. in your heart. You're right. an asshole. Yeah. They brayed among the bushes and huddled in the undergrowth, a base and nameless brood. They were driven out of the land. And now those young men mock me in song. I have become a byword among them. Wow. They detest me and keep their distance. <laughs> they do not hesitate to spit in my face. Wow. Now, how are they spitting in your face if they're keeping their distance? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's I, I think I think we're just throwing out shit here. He's giving us word salad. Yeah. They're gross. They're ugly. They're not good. It's you know all those bad things? It's all those. Yeah. It's yeah. it's everything bad. Mm-hmm. Now that God has unstrung my bow and afflicted me. They throw off restraint in my presence. On my right, the tribe attacks. They lay snares for my feet. They build their siege ramps against me. They break up my road. They succeed in destroying me. No one can help them, they say. They advance through a gaping breach. Mm. Amid the ruins, they come rolling in. Got it. Got it. This is very... um. Poetic, poetically imagery stupid. driven. Yeah, I mean, um, like, is this stuff really happening? Because, like, so far, so. this whole fucking book so far, he's been talking to his fucking friends. Well, two, three guys who are friends with each right, other right, right, at the right. very least. Right. I don't know if they're his friends, but like, this is an awful lot. Like, when he's going over the bad shit that's happened to him, mm-hmm. he's mentioning a lot of bad shit. Yeah, and I'm like, how much? Like, where did this all? When did this all happen? When did this all happen? Yeah. Terrors overwhelm me. Do they? My dignity is driven away as by the wind. My safety vanishes like a cloud. And now my life ebbs away. Days of suffering grip me. Night pierces my bones. My gnawing pains never rest. In his great power, God becomes like clothing to me. He binds me like the neck of my garment. He throws me into the mud, and I am reduced to dust and ashes. Mm, yeah. I cry out to you, God, but you do not answer. I stand up, but you merely look at me. You turn on me ruthlessly. With the might of your hand, you attack me. You snatch me up and drive me before the wind. You toss me about in the storm. So he's back to saying, God is being so mean to me, but right? I'm not going to call him a dick, even though he's being a dick. Yeah. I know you will bring me down to death to the place appointed for all the living. Surely no one lays a hand on a broken man when he cries for help in his distress. 
But he just said it. It's death happens to all the living. Mm-hmm. It's not unique to him in this moment. Right. It's just something that happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why he's making it seem like his case is special and unique. Right. You know, like if death is coming for you, it it, it comes for all of us. So yeah. it's not a surprise exactly. It's just that sucks for you. You know? Well, I think he's mostly upset about what's happening to him while he's living, though. Sure. No, I, I get it. But he's also trying to not mock God and also be a judgy, judgmental fuck. And at the same time, I, I don't know, I'm liking him less as we're going along. Me too. And Me too. Before, just... before he started talking about how awesome he is, <laughs> I thought he was kind of cool. Yeah. Because yeah. he was standing up to God without being totally you know, shitty about it. He was like, this is bullshit. I didn't do anything to deserve this. Like, it's still, he's kind of torn between multiple ideas. Yeah. But the multiple ideas are no longer forgivable. Right. Like, they were forgivable earlier on when he was talking about, you know, how he was feeling and stuff about the situation. But now he's not talking about how he's feeling. Now he's just like... He's talking about what's happening. And all those other people that are being mean to me, they suck. And how dare those dum-dums be mean to right, me? And it's right. like, ooh. Yeah. Like maybe you, maybe you deserve this a little bit more than you thought you did. But I'm not saying you deserved it, but I mean, right. Jesus. Yeah. Chill, dude. Like, you're not making your case right. at this point. At least not to me. Right, right. Have I not wept for those in trouble? I mean, you were just judging them. I know. Like, what? Has not my soul grieved for the poor? You were just calling them <laughs> dogs and mongrels. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is why I'm not liking this. I'm like, come like, on, dude. Your words did. Did your heart? You, I don't know. You like to say you're a good, upstanding person. But, like, the way you were talking about those people that are making fun of you now mm-hmm. doesn't make me feel like you were as good as you think you were. Right. Like, there's actions, but then there's your heart. And, yeah, right. you... You walked the walk, but your heart did not talk the talk. Right. And, you know, it's supposed to be both. It's supposed to be that you act good because your heart is good. Not you act good, but you harbor shitty thoughts and you're only acting good because you want to look good. Again, I don't know the exact outcome of Job. I don't. I have have an idea of what it is, but I feel like we're supposed to think that Job is like, the ultimate upstanding Mm -hmm. human being, right? That's what I've been led to believe. And I'm... I'm not exactly seeing that right yeah, now. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. And I'm not, again, I get it. He's had a lot of shit happen. But yeah. if you're saying these things about people, you're not as good as you think you are. Right. So. I'm not saying that you deserve to have had your 10 children die. Right. No, definitely not. horrible. Right. I would never wish that on somebody. But I can think that and still think that you're kind of an asshole. Right. I'm sorry that happened to that asshole. Yeah. Is what I would say. You, you know? don't get to call people an asshole and then be like, but I love God. And then it's all, you know, yeah. all good. like, what is that? I gave him some alms. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yet when I hoped for good, evil came. When I looked for light, then came darkness. Mm. He Now he's acting like I was good. I'm owed good. Right. And that's not correct either, sir. Yeah. The churning inside me never stops. Days of suffering confront me. I go about blackened. By, but not by the sun. I stand up in the assembly and cry for help. I have become a brother of jackals, a companion of owls. My skin grows black and peels. My body burns with fever. My lyre is tuned to mourning and my pipe to the sound of wailing. The end. 
just like okay <laughs> she's, she's got it so bad um, so bad yeah he bewails his present affliction is what this is called yeah. and yeah he sure is isn't he yeah but it sounded less like he was bewailing his present affliction so much as he was bewailing other fuck faces that he thinks should be suffering worse than him. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like this is not so, this is not a good chapter for no. for Job, in my opinion. No, me neither, because basically he has admitted I only do good acts because I think that that's what's expected of me, not because it's what's in my heart. Right. And also I have a little bit of vengeance in me because I think that other dick faces should be punished more than me. Right. And right. also, I'm so awesome. I'm owed great gifts. And it's like, then you did it for the wrong reason. Right. Which, you know, makes a great case for the atheist who doesn't do good for gifts and doesn't avoid evil for fear of punishment. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, when atheists are good, they they just think it's the right thing to do, period. Yeah. And when they don't do bad, like when they, I don't know, not murder and not rape and not pillage. It's them not doing those things. Yeah. Not because they're scared of punishment or want a reward. They yeah. just ha- have good morals. I've literally had somebody on Twitter tell me that if it wasn't for God, mm-hmm. that they would rape and, and kill. That's terrifying. And I'm mostly. like, what? It, what? Yeah. What is wrong with you? Like, I'm pretty sure I need to call 911 right now because it sounds to me like you're on the verge of committing a crime. Right. Yeah. Like, I, wait I mean, till wait till I tell you that God doesn't exist. I mean that's I'm I, I'm just like what do you mean? I I don't I can't even wrap my head around that. Me neither. Like that's just so fucking ridiculous. You're only not being bad because you're scared that you'll get caught. Yeah. You're you're scared that you'll get punished. That's the only thing keeping some people apparently in line at all. That's which which is I mean you know if that's where you're at if if you're listening to this podcast and that's where you're at just keep worshiping God yeah please honestly because holy shit yeah I don't need you out here adding to the rapey murder scene yeah no definitely not ooh yeah all right well anyway that was Job chapter thirty sure as fuck was and tomorrow is Saturday so we will be doing sacrilegious book club incorrect. Incorrect. We did a Patreon. Oh, no, you're right. Tomorrow is Q&A Saturday. And then <laughs> Sunday is Sacrilegious Book Club. You're right. And yeah. then the weekly replay. Yep. And then on uh, Monday, we'll be back with Job chapter 31. All right. We'll see you guys then. And husband is right. And he is smart. And I am dumb. And he is pretty. And I'm ugly. There. Okay. And we'll just end it right there. Yep. Wife. Do you know what today is? Well, it's Saturday. Yeah. So we're doing a Q&A Saturday. Awesome. What are we uh, queuing and aing today? Okay. So we had three basic questions. Three? Three. Just three. The gold of Ophir. The fuck is that? Okay. Something about rocks with cream. The right. fuck is that? Right. Yeah. And then the fuck did I just read? I mean, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was how I felt. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're we're talking about that one chapter with all the rocks and gold and the fucking bullshit. Those are two different chapters. Okay. Well, but whatever. Yes. That bullshit. Yes. Okay. So we're going to cover that bullshit today. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
yeah, I guess let's uh, let's go find out what it is. In chapter Job chapters twenty six through thirty. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. let's go do that. Let's let us tomato. Okay, so in answering those first two questions, I thought we would go through each of the chapters a little bit like I did last time just to give a, and that's what that was about. What were those first two questions again? Um, The gold of Ophir and the rocks with the cream. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'll get to those when I get to those. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in chapter 26, we had Job's rebuke to his friends, his rejection of Bildad's arguments. And his praise for God's majestic power. Okay. Okay. Yep. And so that chapter basically contains Job's praise to God, emphasizing his belief in the big view of God controlling his world. So he's like, God is awesome and controls everything, although he can't understand how his suffering could possibly be part of God's good plan. Right. So it was that whole two dueling ideas that he was trying to convey. Yeah, and he's in for a about. big surprise mm. if he ever finds out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I hope he learns. Right? Like, I, wouldn't you be so fucking pissed? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I really hope he learns what happened. I, that That's, you know what, it'd be, like, I'd love to see, this is what I want to see. I want to see Job hold his faith the whole way through, and then when he finds out, he's like, dude, fuck you. Yeah. What the fuck is this shit? This you fucking kidding me? Bullshit. It was a, a goddamn de- bet with the devil? Like, I still believe in you, obviously, because you clearly allowed this to happen to me. Right, but I call but bullshit, man. That's not cool. I don't know that I'm going to work. I got to take a day. Right? Yeah. Worship Definitely you. need a day. God is great. God is good. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. So moving on. Chapter 27. Okay. Okay. Job, again, insists on his integrity. Remember, we commented on how he thinks he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So he resumes his speech with a complaint that God's denial to him, or I'm sorry, that God's denial to provide him justice has greatly, greatly impacted him emotionally. He's like losing his mind. I mean, yeah, that's fair. And God has made his life bitter. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah. You know? Because, like, not only did you do these things, which sucks enough, but... Now I'm being made to feel like I brought it on myself and you're not explaining it to me. Right. So that makes it even worse. Sure. And, you know, I you've left me alone in my greatest hour of need. But you know I, mean, I mean, I, I have to ask this too. Like, is there some expectation of God explaining things that are happening to people in this time and place? I have no idea. Honestly, is, Does God explain things to a lot of people or is just Job special that way too? I don't know. I mean, we have no indication that God has ever talked to Job before. Right. But Job feels like up until now, he's been a pretty decent guy and been rewarded rightly for it. Okay. I All mean, right. that's basically that whole thing where we're like, dude, you're bragging about yourself. Yeah. You know, he he was bragging about himself, but to convey, I was a good guy and I had all the prizes that come with it. Right, right. And I didn't, to my knowledge, I've done nothing to change that and yet. So I really think I'm owed an explanation. Sure. Okay. So, I mean, it's kind of like how rich people are in their bubble and they don't understand anything. So when their bubble bursts, they're like, um, excuse you, somebody explain this. Right, to me. right. So Job claims a clear conscience, free of reproach. And he is still seeking God to vindicate his integrity and righteousness. So he wants God to 
confirm, yeah, you are a good guy. This just sucks. And here's the reason why. Right. So then in the same chapter, God accuses of friends, his friends of being among the wicked by going against him. So he's like, I'm not bad. You're bad. Job does, right? Yeah. Job is like, y'all are shitty friends. And if you're accusing me of all this, I'm pretty sure you're the ones that are bad. Right. And he states the future of the wicked. He explains where the wicked go, what happens to them. And according to Job, the wicked will eventually be driven out by God, although for a while they seemingly prosper and they'll be swept away without pity. Right. But you and I had a hard time with that chapter because it's like, but we all die. Yeah. You're saying they'll be swept away, but by that measure, we're all swept away. Yeah. So right. that was one of the chapters that we were like, eh, I don't think we got the right message. This really didn't sum it up well for me. Right. Like, and and really, Judaism is really vague on the whole afterlife thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we kind of covered that in one of our things mm-hmm. we've gone over already. Yeah. But, like, they don't have a great idea right. of what follows exactly. exactly. I mean, there, yeah. is an, there is an idea, but it came later, and it's it's not solidified. Yeah. The early early forms of Judaism did not have a lot of need, I feel like, to know about the afterlife. Well, I feel like early religions were more functional, like, Mm -hmm. you know, worship the rain god or the the crop god or whatever. Yeah, functional is a really good way of describing. They were very concerned about surviving the here and now. Right. And so the gods that they worshipped had to do with the here and now, not what is my purpose and not... How was the earth formed and how, where do we come from and not where are we going? Ain't got time for that immortality crap. Right. The before and after were not important. It was just the day-to-day bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not until we had more leisure time. So one might say that um, irrigation and um, stopping um, this, what are, what is it called when people like travel instead of remain on a farm? Nomadic. Nomadic. Right. When nomadic lifestyles stopped and we started irrigation and um, heavy farming, right? that is when we were bringing the environment to us instead of us going to the environment. and Allow us more time to contemplate our Yes, our role, our, role um, our purpose, our how did we get here and where are we going. Right, right. So it, it's just, was it a good thing? I don't know. I don't know if it was or not, but... I mean, you know, as far as progress goes, we've made a lot of progress, but we're also, you know, ruining the planet. So and some of us are just as stupid as ever. Yeah, you know? definitely. So I don't that's what I mean. Like we've come so far and yet. Right. Right. So in chapter 22 or I'm sorry, 28. I, I you, keep, Your numbers are not working. They're not like the last three chapters. I just like spit out my mouth just says whatever number it wants. <laughs> Like, honestly, I'm kind of concerned. (laughs) Okay, so chapter 28 is an interlude, okay? And this is where one of our questions is. It's a poem on wisdom. And remember, we kind of were like, this feels different from the other chapters, and this is a weird one, and it feels very poetic. This was the Golden Rock one, right? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'll get into that in a minute, but yes, that was this chapter. Okay. And- it, it just, like, fell out of place. Yeah. Guess what? It was. That's because it's out of place. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Go figure. So let me talk to you a little bit about the chapter, and then I'm going to get into 
some of the other stuff. Okay? okay. Yeah. So in this weird poem that's just stuck in the middle there, um, it goes over the achievements of humanity and how human searching cannot find wisdom. Right. Okay. We, we're not going to be able to find it. Except for that, you know, except for uh, what's his face? God. Um, and... Well, no, but the one guy that's the wisest of all. Oh, yeah. yeah, Solomon. Yeah, yeah. Solomon. Solomon. Solomon found it. Yeah. He wasn't even looking. Right. Yeah. So there was a lot of comparison to mining in that chapter. I can't. Yeah. And the analogy we were supposed to take away was that mining requires delving deep into the dark places to produce beautiful products from rocks or dust. A principle that can be applied to the search for wisdom that brings hidden things to light. Okay. I I can, I can appreciate that to some degree. mm But man, they muddled that fucking yeah, yeah. analogy there. I mean, I'm not great at interpreting poetry in the first place. Right. But that was just beyond my ken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I feel like when it comes to like deep and Bible, there's a, like a, you know, disconnect there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I know it's there, but it feels like you have to try real hard to, mm-hmm. to figure out what it is. And I'm like, I don't, I wasn't alive 2000 years ago. I don't know. Right. And I know that's a little bit, you know. Well, here's the thing, too. With regard to. Okay, no, I'll get into that in a minute. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Forget what I said. I forgot it already. Okay. So the rest of this chapter, it covers humans cannot buy wisdom and also they do not value it. So not only can't we purchase it. We you know, also have I no value. For find it. that to be very true, actually. Mm-hmm. Like you, you. I mean, obviously, you can't buy wisdom. You know, like that's not. It's not a. It's not material that, object. Right. And I find that when you try to impart wisdom on other people, they are mm-hmm. very not, they don't accept it. Well, here's the thing, because it's your wisdom. You right. can't give it away. Right. It's not their wisdom. They have to discover it for themselves. No, I know. And that it's, it's you know, it's that old adage that, you know, you can't change people. You know, like you, you can you, lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And, right. Um, you know, it's everyone has their own path and we all have to learn our own way. Yeah. And you can tell somebody till you're blue in the face, what is correct and right. And the wisdom that you have about that thing. Mm -hmm. But until they learn it themselves and decide themselves to do it, Mm -hmm. they will never, never do it. Never accept it. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, God knows the way to wisdom was the last bit of that. Yeah, sure. He saw it over there in the distance mm -hmm, or whatever. mm -hmm. And he assessed it. Yeah. He assessed it. That that still annoys me. (laughs) Fuck you. Okay, so I just wonder, like it, the way they said that implies that he did not create wisdom, right? Which kind of is an interesting thing to it's think an about. Take, in yeah. so far as we we're talking about the Bible, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. very interesting. Yeah, I would like to get into that sometime, but I think that would be harder to quantify as a search, right? But I, I feel like so, like I feel like God wanted to take credit for how wise Solomon was mm-hmm. because it was you know who's God's dude, right? Right. But if he didn't create it, then, then it didn't, then come, it from didn't him. come from him. Right. So I just, there's there's certain aspects about that that I find a little bit intriguing. If we really del- delved into it. I do want us both to keep in mind as we are going through these, though, that it may be an interpretation yeah. problem. No, that and, and that, for sure. It may not have been phrased that way in a different interpretation. So, or translation. I entirely. I, I get that entirely. Like okay. that, that's not an, I, I understand. I just, I find, I don't know. It's just, it's, 
there's so much that I don't like about what um, religion has done to our society. Yes. That I find it hard not to like... Nitpick it. Nitpick it, No, totally. I totally agree. I just want to make sure that we keep in mind that there is enough to hate on. Right. That we don't have to be nitpicky. Sure. And that seems to be, to me, one of those that... Yeah. It it might be more difficult to find because it's just not really a fucking question that matters. Ultimately, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that and that I don't mean to poo poo on your irritation or say your thoughts don't matter. That's not what I mean at all by that. No, I got you. Okay, I got you. Okay, there's more immediate things we can cover and more immediate, sure. you know, shit storms that are in the Bible. So speaking of which, let's get into the gold of Ophir. Okay, what the fuck gold, is gold of Ophir? No fucking clue. Okay. So Ophir was mentioned in Genesis chapter 10, which is the table of nations. So I don't know if you recall that it had that whole table that told um, all the different people who they were descended from, the tribes of of, Israel, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So Ophir in Genesis chapter 10 is said to be the name of one of the sons of Joktan. Okay. So... I don't really remember Jockton that much, but he was one of them guys. Yeah, early one, of, on. one of those guys. Got it. So um, that's just a neat little aside. Yeah. But let's get into Ophir. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's a port or region famous for its wealth. King Solomon received a shipment from Ophir every three years. Oh. And that was mentioned in First Kings chapter 10. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And. I don't remember that it was Ophir, but I do remember that he received a shipment yeah. from somewhere. Right, I remember that as well. And his shipments consisted of gold, silver, sandalwood, pearls, ivory, apes, and peacocks. Got it. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. And well, we I, I like, don't remember the peacocks and the apes, but I remember the gold and silver. See, I remember the peacock and the apes because I was like, he is having them animals shipped over there. That is crazy. <laughs> So it was a city and it was a very rich city. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And it was mentioned before. We just didn't pick it up because it wasn't described as that. Right. right. Okay. So listen to this. this. is so interesting. In 1946, an inscribed pottery shard was found in modern day Tel Aviv dating to the 8th century BC. And it bears in Paleo Hebrew script the text. Gold of Ophir, two slash four, Beth Haran, 30 shekels. Oh, wow. The find confirms that Ophir was indeed a place from which gold was fucking imported. Wow. How about that? That is really cool, actually. Okay, I've got an even better one. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. In 1976, so this is the year after I was born. So this is in my fucking lifetime. (laughs) The United States Department of Interior announced that a team formed by the United States Geological Survey together with experts from Saudi Arabia believes it has a fairly airtight case that Mod Ad Dahab or the cradle of gold in Saudi Arabia is the biblical Ophir. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really neat. Yeah. Interesting. How about that? Yeah. It did exist and it's probably a city in Saudi Arabia Referred to as the cradle of gold. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So I I just, that that kind of shook me a little. Yeah. But um, there were questions about where the city was located. And um, they were suggesting various places like Africa, various places like India. Um, but in se- 1976, they pretty much settled on Saudi Arabia. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. 
So, oh, I wanted to say another thing about um, this poem. Okay. Um, that is just like here randomly. Yeah. There's some arguments that the same person that wrote Job, if it was Job himself, did not write this chapter. Got it. So it's just like an ill-placed thing. Mm-hmm. Or not ill-placed, but like a... Yeah. It, and it is They shunted it in there. Yes. You know? Some people, or some Bibles, I should say, place it at the end of Job. And some say that it's not biblically accurate at all. And they remove it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of controversy over this chapter. Got it. Which Got I found it. very interesting. Yeah. And I was not expecting that. But right. I do like that you and I were like, this chapter is weird. I mean, it is. And it is. Right. So we were on the right track. Yeah. We're dum-dums, but we're not complete and utter dum-dums. Good on us. Yes. I guess. So um, let's go back to our chapter, though, and finish it out. Chapter 28, we're still on. Okay. So only God knows the location and nature of wisdom. And um, he also makes it known to others. Okay. Okay. So yay. So um, further on in... The ending of chapter 28, the fear of God and wisdom. Um, The entire refrain of this poem asks the question, where shall wisdom be found? And then the closing statement apparently gives the answer, which is the fear of the Lord. That is wisdom. Which we called bullshit. We did. We did call it that. Yeah. And I still call bullshit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that's crap. No, totally agree. And then just to reiterate, since the tone of Job 28 is calm by comparison to the other ones where he's like in anguish. Yeah. And he's like so insulting or just um, pulling his hair out and ripping a sackcloth or what the fuck ever. Yeah. Um, there is debate about whether Job is really the speaker of the whole chapter. And um, another thing that I didn't write down, but I, I recall reading is that also the phrasing of it, which this might bore you to tears, but of <laughs> course, as a writer... I just was like, whoa, that's interesting. Um, a lot of the other chapters um, had like a a third party outside the narrative saying, and Job continued. Right. Right. At the beginning of the chapter when it went from Job talking in one chapter to Job talking in the next chapter. Sure. sure. Right. But this poem does not do that. It just starts in Got the it. middle of just nowhere. The rest of it, yeah. Yeah. So... That's that whole like um, grammarly, you know, keeping track of the way you write and keeping it the same from chapter to chapter. And, you know, when there's a difference, it's not that they fucked up so much as that it probably is out of place. Right, right. So um, the next part is Job's summing shit up. Okay, and that actually goes from chapter 29 all the way through chapter 31, which we haven't read yet. Okay. okay. All right. Yep. But in chapter 29, this whole part is framed by Job's longing for a restored relationship with God. Yeah. So again, he's like so back and forth. He's like, this sucks. God sucks. I demand an answer. Oh, you're awesome, though. <laughs> it, like, it's so wishwashy. It's giving me fucking whiplash, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the first part of chapter 29, right, he's going over his former blessings, and it's a description of Job's relationship with God and his family and personal circumstances prior to all this happening. Okay. And it's his friendship with God that Job desperately misses. Right. Okay. So in that bit, that's when we talk about the rock poured out cream. Yeah. So that was just like. I thought the rock poured out olive oil. 
No, there was cream. Yeah, um, the, the streets were covered in cream, and then the oh, rocks yeah, put yeah, out yeah, olive yeah. oil. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Um, the whole thing was just like this badly phrased um, metaphor yeah. that we missed. Okay? okay. Yeah. Because what it was referring to, and we even mentioned this at the time, the olive trees that thrived in rocky soil, the oil presses were cut into the rock. Okay. So there was oil literally on the rocks. Got and it. He was able to walk through his fields and there was oil on the rocks because he was so rich. He had so many uh, olive trees okay. that, you they know. They were all covered in oil. That yeah. Cut, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's like the rocks pour, veritably pour out oil. Right. Like right. not actually literally. Metaphorically. Right, right. I got it. And the same with the cream. Um, there were other words mentioned. It might have been curdles or it might have been. Uh, not curdles, curds or something else. It basically was saying that he had a lot of fucking goats and shit. So he had milk. And yeah, so he had, he was rich. He had all of these things. Right. That he had so much of that it was just raining from the skies, metaphorically. Got it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So that clears that up and that's a lot less yeah, that's, yeah. impressive, I right. guess. It's less fun. I, Definitely, yeah. But, I wanted I mean, to make fun of it. But at least we know now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So It was just more poetic tomfoolery. Right. So the rest of chapter 29 goes over uh, Job's former honor, the description of his place in the community. Remember, he's telling us how awesome he was. Yeah, and how shitty other people were. Yeah. yeah. And um, how he used to administer justice and um, gave a description of him actively working towards that for people who were bereft or downtrodden yeah as he was also calling those people shitty he's like remember all of those disgusting ugly shitty people <laughs> right? that i helped yeah and it's like i don't think you just said what you meant to say i, I just can't leave that part alone like i'm sorry but as, as we like to say nowadays you said the quiet part out loud my good sir right <laughs> yeah so um it goes from there to his expectation of ongoing peace like, yeah. he just assumed that his good life was going to last forever because he's like, I'm, I'm not doing guy. anything wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even though I hate these people, they suck. I'm, I'm helping <laughs> them nonetheless. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Right. Uh, you know, I'm um, apologizing for all the bads that my children do. Right. You know, yeah. all, at their fucking drunk fest parties. Sure. That I'm assuming, you know, they're having. Yeah. So um, that chapter closes then with Job's prominence as a respected leader in the community. Right. Okay. Yep. So he's just like, I had it all. And then chapter 30, we go into Job's present suffering. Okay. Yeah. And chapter 30 describes Job's suffering after his world was turned upside down in stark contrast with chapter 29, where he was on top of the world. Right. From enjoying the respect of the most respectable to undergoing the contempt of the most contemptible. Yeah. And remember, he was talking about some people that. He compared them to dogs that he wouldn't even yes. he wouldn't even let those people sleep with his dogs. Right. Because yeah. they were that. No, lonely. it was really fucking bad. It was very bad. So, uh, again, I think we both agree he's not as great as he thinks he is. No, I don't think he is. And so then um, the chapter starts with how Job would have viewed his mockers and the attacks of his enemies and the attacks of his mockers are depicted as overwhelming in their severity and persistence. Got so it. he's like, <laughs> everybody's mean to me and this isn't fair because I, you know, prior to this, they were all shit and now they're shitting on me. Like mm -hmm. I'm shit and I'm not shit. They're shit. Right. Right. 
So God is causing his present sufferings and Job goes to accuse God and he withdraws into despair. Okay. Yeah. And Job reiterates his conviction that God is in total control of his life. So he complains that he was not given mercy by God. And Job hopes for restoration, but seems to face disaster so he can only see bleak pictures of his future life. The end. Got it. Okay. And that's where we finished off. Yeah. So we talked about the cream. We talked about um, Ophir, the city of gold. Right. And we summarized um, that the chap one of the chapters felt weird. And we learned about what all the chapters meant. Yeah. So yeah. Well, at least we Q&A. had some stuff to talk about this week. Yeah. We've been running short on that lately so well some when it's straightforward yeah it's hard to come up with a question yeah yeah but this time we had some actual the fuck is that and the fuck did i just read and right fuck are those yep so that was fun yeah no it was i like it Mm -hmm. so that was good all right so that was our q a for today yes it was and we will be back tomorrow with sacrilegious book club and what are we going over on that one is it going to be the folklore well, yeah. I'm just making sure because we we said a while back we'd bounce back and forth occasionally to the Asimov one. So I just you know. I'm not ready to go back to Asimov yet. I'm still okay. mad at him. Okay, all right. We might. But we're gonna go back at some point though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay. I, I keep saying, don't throw. We out just the had baby. somebody reach out to us and say, "Hey, I'm you know I, I'm following along with the Asimov thing." Mm, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So we should get back to that. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. I know. Right. I know. Right. We will get back to Asimov. I'm okay. Just not there yet. All right. Let me get to a better stopping point in this um, Jewish folklore. Okay. Okay. So that's what we're reading tomorrow. Yep. And then I'll uh, get out our weekly replay tomorrow. And uh, then we'll be back on Monday with... Job chapter 31. All right. We'll see you guys then. Yep. Bye. Husband! Wife! Do you know what we're doing today? We're we're going over uh, some sort of a book. Right, because it's Sunday. We're doing a sacrilegious book club. That's the one, yeah. Yes. So what are we going over today? We are reading from A Treasury of Jewish Folklore. Stories, traditions, legends, humor, wisdom, and folk songs of the Jewish people. Okay. Edited by Nathan Ozubel. Okay, you just trying to spice up that... uh. That book name and the and everything there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like I like life to be fun, and it was yeah. more fun that way. No, I got it. I got it. So perfect. So, uh, do you have anything else to say? Or are we ready to go ahead and hop on in? Did I want to say where we're at, or do I do that? Yeah, that. Yeah, let's go ahead and say where we're at. Okay. Yeah. So, um, part one was Jewish salt. Now we're in part two, which is heroes. We're on chapter three, which is miracles. And today we are going to talk about Kabbalists, mystics, and wonder workers on page 175. Sounds great. Let's go do this. Okie dokie. Okay, so we are in chapter three, Miracles. We're starting the section, Kabbalists, mystics, and wonder workers. So we're going to start that on page 175 with the introduction to that, which I was very grateful for because I don't really know what Kabbalists are. Okay. Do you? Not exactly. I mean, they're seems like they're mystical, magical thing, people things. I mean, is that based on the fact that it's lumped no, in with mystics no, no, and wonder no, workers? No, that's, that's just like 
that's how I view that word. Oh, okay. I just don't know exactly what it means. Okay. Well, you happen to be correctish. Oh, so, I'm glad I'm correctish. Yeah. See, and I just thought something religion, blah, blah, blah. And that's all I kind of even sort of knew. I always think of a, like, I think of them as like the people around, like, uh, where they're sacrificing a child or something like that. And like, there's some like fire in the middle and like mm. masks being worn. Okay. And okay. That's just my image of that. Okay. So. I, I, I'm following you. Yeah, okay. you know you know what I'm saying, right? So this is a fairly lengthy um, intro, but it's really interesting. And because it has so much information in it, I'm going to read several excerpts from it. Okay. Okay. And just jump in any time you were like, whoa, or have a question. Because I wouldn't anyway? Well, yeah. You okay. would. You would. <laughs> I'm just reminding you that it's okay to do that. Oh, thank you okay? for that reminder. Fuck off. <laughs> okay, so beginning with the Talmudic era, there crept into Jewish thought a persistently mystical and life-denying element. Okay? Okay. And then it talks a little bit about that stuff, and it's the shadowy world of Kabbalah. Okay? Okay. And then it says, but what is Kabbalah? It is not just one book, but an entire body of esoteric knowledge, which had been created in the course of some 2,000 years by those daringly imaginative but sickly minds, the Kabbalists. Okay. They were men disenchanted with life who sought to construct a bridge between this veil of tears and God. Okay. Ah, okay. They were very God-intoxicated, and they were... um religious to the point of ridiculousness to where like they live their whole lives trying to feel God and find God and seek God. Got it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. To find God, the Kabbalists renounced the world with all its snares of the senses. They substituted intuition for reason, spirit for flesh, the hidden for the visible and the unknown for the known. God, it sounds a lot like your MAGA Christians. I was going to say. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. And and that's a really fair comparison, I think. Because right? these people are like cuckoo beans. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And we'll get into a little bit later why um, Kabbalists and Kabbalism mm-hmm. um, became so easily accepted, adopted. Okay. Okay? Um, well, but- I, think, I think anytime you're talking about if it intuition right like intuition is a very um sexy thing it is you know like it's but there's a historical reason okay why it was so easily accepted and adopted got it got okay? it okay that's what i meant i like, got you. There, it you know when the stars align and things are just right for kind of like trump stumbled into the perfect moment for mm. racism to rear its ugly head and come back alive you know sure not that it was ever dead but it was sleeping under the carpet right and we could sweep a lot of it under the carpet and pretend it wasn't there i mean as long as you weren't a person of brown or black skin of course right you knew it was still there but (laughs) the rest of us could kind of just like what what we elected a black president yeah exactly yeah so and and I'm counting myself in that. I was I knew that racism was a thing still, but I didn't know to what extent and what degree. And I, I I bear some responsibility for that, obviously. It's funny. I was actually I think at the time that Obama was in office, I was actually immersed in um a, not not that I I've always had I've always known that racism is present and prevalent in our country, right? 
but I was in the midst of working as a store manager at uh, a Dollar General at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was in it a really predominantly opened, black area, wasn't well, it? Well, it was a, in a predominantly poor area that was very heavily black, not completely, but okay. it opened my eyes to a lot of what that what it meant to be those the people living in that community, right, you know, and right. and they're not bad people. They're just they're hard just on shit their luck on. and shit on. Yeah. I mean, there's there's as many bad people there as there's bad people in rich communities. You know, like it's just yeah. it's a different type of the life. difference being that the cops are not running around right. harassing the rich people. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you said that there was one girl who was constantly late to work because she was always getting pulled over. Well, I mean, she wasn't constantly late to work, but she did get harassed by the cops. I mean, I, it was like turn signals and bullshit, you know, like mm-hmm. they literally, it was, it was just crap. And she was working really hard, you know, and mm-hmm. it just, there's a lot of things that it wasn't just people that I worked with. It was the community members and like, they literally, you probably remember this. We went to a Goodwill one time mm-hmm. and one of my um, people that shopped at my store invited you and me to dinner. Yes, she was so sweet. Right. She was so excited to see you outside <laughs> of the workplace and to see you with your wife out shopping. Yeah. And she had nothing but hugs for both of us. And you had told me how she was your favorite customer. And so it was really exciting <laughs> for me to see her, The you know, vice versa. Right. So right. that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's get back into yeah, Kabbalah. Yeah, sorry. I went, off, I went off track. No, that's okay. We were dissing the MAGA crowd. Yeah. There's always room for that in my life. So Kabbalah loftily referred to itself as the hidden wisdom. And again, Mm. that just, you know, the exclusive. You you just have to be special to know. Right. Yeah, of course. If you know, you know. Right. And it represented that kind of knowledge which could be acquired not by ordinary reason, but by the illumination of the spirit. Mm. Again, if you would just open your mind, but... Keep it closed at the right, same time. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then you'll you'll find this. Um, the history of the Kabbalah winds along a complicated and uncertain course. It is a strange mystical brew of diverse ingredients combining Jewish ethics, Zor... Zor okay, let's try this one more time. Zoroastrian dualism. Wow, that's a mouthful. Pythagorean numerology neoplatonic emanations and medieval christian asceticism jesus christ so what magics from all over the place with a little smattering of math and astrology and like just enough of the little sciences to make it feel real and plausible got it yeah okay yeah so um there were two books that um the the kabbalah people followers were like really excited about were they written by ron l hubbard they might well have been just kidding (laughs) just kidding one was called the book of creation but there was an even bigger and better one called splendor now i'm not going to try to pronounce the um other translation and interpretations of those because words are hard sure so splendor okay okay and people erroneously use that term interchangeably with Kabbalah, but that the book itself is separate. Okay. Yeah. So um, it became the scriptures of later Kabbalists. Okay. okay. Yeah. And next to the Bible itself, it was revered above all other Jewish works by its devotees and by awestruck superstitious folk. Interesting. Right. I, th- 
God damn it. There's another fucking rabbit hole here. I know. Like, I know. I'm, what? Zoroastrian. Is that what you're no, looking I'm, up? No, I'm like looking if these books exist and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I think we could probably find some good shit here. Yeah. 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 Just because. So. Yeah. I'm. I'm wow. I we're never. You. We're never. This podcast will go on. Forever. Forever. Yeah. Because we just. There's never going to be an end to it. Ever. <laughs> I mean, I told you, like, I had. I had read all of this stuff today. And it took me like four or five hours to get through all of this. Yeah. Um, to figure out which bits I wanted to leave out. Right. Because there's so much. Yeah. So um I apologize for the things I have left out. And if it's not coming together well, it's my fault, not the fault of the book. <laughs> um so anyway, they were all struck superstitious folks, excited about the work, okay? Yeah. Because of this, the Kabbalah fell into disrepute, disrepute among the rationalists, obviously. Sure. You know, science-minded folk and fact-finding folk were like, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Right, right. This explains the popular misconceptions of the Kabbalah, usually based on inadequate knowledge as being nothing but a silly hodgepodge of numerological and alphabetical abracadabra, <laughs> childish beliefs, incantations, and various other kinds of mumbo-jumbo. Got it. Okay? Yeah. So, it, it, this book tries to, like, what I'm reading now tries to have it both ways. It's like using big words to describe where it borrowed from, and then it's like, but it wasn't mumbo-jumbo entirely. Right. And I'm like, but it was, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So although Jews lived in Walden isolation in medieval times, they were exposed to the influences of the Christian and Islamic worlds about them. Monasticism, with its rejection of the life of the senses as cardinal sin, left a deep impression on the Kabbalists of the Middle Ages. Okay? Okay. So we're going to... Um... The rejection of the senses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they would like... Have you heard of mortification? Um not embarrassment. It's where like you take a whip to your own skin, like you you okay. put it over yeah, your yeah, back yeah. and you're okay. whipping yourself. Sure, sure. Um to try to like beat the sin out of you, but right. also because through that you're supposed to feel closer to God. Right. Okay. And so that's the kind of shit that they would get into. Okay. Okay. Sure. So now we're gonna talk about the history, okay? Okay. So It is indeed a paradox of history that the Dark Ages among Jews had never really existed until the latter half of the 16th century. So at the very time when the medieval darkness had sent civilization reeling backwards in Europe, the Jews were probably the most enlightened people in the world. Hmm. And then, um, you know, the opposite happened. Right. When we were crawling out of that is right when... They, they fell into in. this Kabbalist Got bullshit. It. Yeah. Okay. So, um, as been as has been so often pointed out by historians, the Jews were instrumental to a large measure in kindling the bright flame of learning and rationalism that we we found as we were climbing out of the the yeah. dark ages. Right. Like, thank you to the Jewish for that. Right. Um. Let's see. Um. Going. Let's see, we're deeply developing a science and arts, then the Jews were yielding to the hammer blows of their enemies, and they were growing culturally weaker. Okay, okay? yep. And superstition, excessive piety, and delirious Kabbalist dreams proved excellent modes of escape 
from the unhappy reality of Jewish life. So they had a reason to start thinking along these lines of, you know, magic. Right. Escapism. Yeah, yeah. In addition to harassment from death, hunger, epidemics, and persecution, the average Jew now had to endure the terror of a shadowy world haunted by unspeakable demons, specters, ghosts, and transmigrating souls. Mm, Okay. Okay. So that's what this brought to them. Now, we're going to talk about this um, this mystical sect of Kabbalism called Hasidism, which oh. refers to the pious. Okay? Interesting. So, like, there's but the Hasidic Jews. I'm assuming that that's I'm pretty sure that's relevant. what it is. Yes. I, I'm pretty sure that's what that is. Okay. But um, before we talk about that, I want to go back a little bit and talk about the remember what I was referring to, why Kabbalism um, was so easily adapted, adopted. Right. Okay? Yeah. 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 So the immediate and widespread success of Hasidism was due to a variety of historical reasons. Okay. okay. Yep. 100 years before there had been the 30 years war in which the Jews suffered more than any others and from whose frightful ravages they never fully recovered. Okay. Mm-hmm. In 1648, two cataclysmic events occurred. The first took place during the Cossack uprising against Polish rule, led by the Hetman Bogdan Chlomolucki. Oh, yeah? I'm sure I got that wrong. <laughs> In the course of the struggle, terrible barbarities were pe- perpetrated on the Jews. Some 300,000, or about half of the Jewish population in the Ukraine, were massacred. Damn. The terrors of the time greatly resembled those initiated against the Jews by the Nazis in our days. Wow. Okay? Yeah. So, um, then there was a Kabbalist called Zabadi Zevi. Okay? Mm-hmm. And he um, was this messianic guy that was like, you know, the the Messiah is coming, I'm the Messiah kind of thing. Sure. And... Um, that hysteria swept like a conflagration over all of European Jewry. Hmm. Tens of thousands liquidated their worldly affairs and readied themselves for the end of days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. The result was the only one that could be expected under the circumstances, disillusionment. Right. The psychology complicated Zabadi Zevi, the guy that I was just talking about, yep. after a series of exciting adventures, failed his followers in the end. He embraced Mohammedanism. Oh, so like... Muhammad, yes. Islam. Islam, yes. The Jews of the wor- world were split wide apart over the issue, and the so-called Sabatian controversy, um, which refers to him, yeah. Zabadi... Sebation, you know, right, um, raged bitterly for more than a hundred years. But the effect of this debacle on the Jewish masses was paralyzing. They grieved and sank into a deep apathy. Hmm. Okay, so now we're going to talk about Hasidism. Okay? okay, yeah. I just I wanted to like they put this a little bit out of order. I sure. think so. Um, I want to talk about why it was so accepted before we talk about what it is. Okay. okay? So with the rise of the popular mystic sect, the Hadism of Kabbalah took a new lease on life, but it went through an inner and outer transformation as well. 
Rabbi Israel Baal Shem. And normally I don't recognize these guys' names. I don't repeat them because they're not super de duper relevant to what we're reading. Sure. But this guy, Rabbi Israel, he comes up in some of the stories that we're going to read. Okay. So it's important that we remember his name for future reference. Okay. Yeah. So Rabbi Israel, the founder of Hasidism, introduced the Kabbalah into his mystic cult, but without any of its forbidding austerities. He borrowed from it principally the ethical, the poetic, and the ecstatic elements. Okay. He was like a nature happy guy. Okay. Like he really liked the natural world and um, he just took like all the happy bits. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So the legends of the Hasidism have a fascinating historical religion background, unique in all folk literature. Actually, the time span of their creation was less than 200 years. For the sect was founded shortly before the middle of the 18th century. Wow. That's so recent, right? Yeah. I mean, ish. Yeah. Comparatively speaking. Right. They are more than mere legends. They constitute a genuine body of devotional folk literature. One of the best ways to worship God, the Hasidism believed, was to read and tell the wondrous tales about Sadakim. The singing of melodies and dance were also considered forms of worship which could serve as substitutes for Torah study. Hmm. Okay? Okay. So now we're going to go back to where we were, skip ahead a little bit. Um, oh, and when the people were suffering, a lot of them lived in ghettos and they could barely read. And so they were just reciting their prayers um, by memory, by memory, by right. rote, like they were just parroting what they heard sure. and they weren't feeling it. So that's another reason why this stuff felt good. Yeah. You know, it mm-hmm. it went with the feeling instead of the knowing. It brought participation in instead mm-hmm. of, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. It was therefore as if an answer to a universal need for a comforter that Baal Shem, Rabbi Israel, appeared. He went from town to town preaching an evangel of faith and joy. Okay. okay? Yeah. So remember, this is the guy that I'm telling you to, to keep in your right, mind. Right, right, Okay. Yep. Laughter, song, and the dance, he said, were the highest forms of prayer. So he gave them permission to, like, not have to know the words to still be able to feel God in their lives. Right. Like, you don't have to pray by reading the Torah. You can just feel the Torah and it still counts. Got it. Like, kind of like, just be good and be happy and be joyous and, you know, serve God the best you can. Sure. Yeah. Which, there's something to be said for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Love of God, he declared, more important than formalistic religious worship, which is what I just said. Right. To do good among men was better than to observe the minutia of law and rit- ritual. Okay. Balsham, that's... Um, yeah, Israel Balsham. Mm-hmm. Sanctified all that was humble, that was workaday, but all fundamental was his central doctrine of love, love of God and love of man. All life was holy, he said. The dry as dust, learned Talmudist or rabbi had less of a chance to taste the beatitude of the spirit and the rewards of paradise than the pure in heart and the humble, even though they might be literate. Sounds closer to like hippies than it really know. does. It really does. <laughs> because it's it's giving a chance for 
um, people who thought that they were not good enough to have God in their life. Like it's giving them a way to still be part of it and to still feel like they have a chance at God. Sure. So it's kind of cool, I think. But yeah, yeah, it does have a very hippie feel to it. Right. Hippy dippy with your crystals and your weed smoking and free love and all that shit. Right. The evangel of Hesedism that Baal Shem and his disciples preached was therefore as much of a socio-ethical nature as it was religious, which that goes to figure, you know, that, and that's another reason why it was so easily adopted because it, it didn't just speak to their um, religious beliefs and their religious practices and the way they worshiped. It also impacted their daily lives as people. Right. So they, they adopted it as a society, not just as a religion. Right. Okay. It revitalized the Jewish spirit, revived hope, gave the people an affirmative philosophy of life that was warmly emotional, highly ethical, rich in earthiness, though very mystical. It was a livable, workable, workable way of life, regardless of its admitted serious shortcomings. Okay. Okay. Yep. The rabbinic authorities, the Talmudic traditionalists, naturally condemned the new sect as heretical. Naturally. Naturally. I mean. Anything different is heretical. Right. Like, just think of, you know, Protestants and Catholics, right? Right. Um, you know, the um, Martin Luther banging the things on the door, nailing the things to the door and saying we should be able to read, you know, um, you guys are just making shit up and um, interpreting them willy nilly. And I just read through all this shit and that's actually not what it says. And you guys are taking bribes for people to get into heaven. And that's some bullshit right there. Right. So, you know, whenever there's something new that comes around, that's like, let's let the people be involved a little bit. What you say. Right. Then the ones in power are like, hold on, hold your horses. Uh, that goes for any time and place. Yes. And, and anything, really. Reading's only for those in power. And it just so happens that we are also in power. Right. 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 So um, they even pronounced the ban of excommunication against Baal Shem, Rabbi Israel. But all in vain, Hesedism was like a tidal wave sweeping over Galicia, Poland, Hungary, parts of the Ukraine, and Lithuania. Nothing could stop it, for it answered an urgent need. The Jewish masses, mashed potatoes, masses could not survive spiritually without it. Okay. Okay. Unfortunately, Hasidism, like so many other religious sects, carried within itself the seed of corruption. Mm. It was inherent in the very institution who became dynastic and was motivated sometimes by less than spiritual motives. You don't say, (laughs) right? So um, it's still present, but in a different format. Well, I think it's a very small portion at this point, from what I understand. And and again, that's not a broad understanding of it. I just, that's my, that's my thinking on it at this point. I have heard of, Hasidic Jews, right? But they but seem to what be does the that smaller mean, right? group of people that exist. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, definitely. Isolated circles of Hasidism are still to be found even in New York, Boston, Philadelphia, and Chicago. Yeah, there are also neo Hasidism. Hasidim. Sorry, these are usually of a sophisticated intellectual mystical bent. So okay, we we still find them, but you know. 
like you said, few and far between and not really positive fully what they are. Right. Okay. So now that we have a better understanding, we're going to get into some of these here stories. Okay. Okay. Um, the first story that I'm going to read is called The Water Spirit on page 182. And I want to preface it with, it's a really cool story. Okay. Like, I really enjoyed it. Except the end was like, the end. <laughs> so I'm reading it because I enjoyed the story enough that I feel like it deserves sharing, even with the caveat that sorry about the ending being so abrupt. Sure. Okay. okay. In old Constantine, there lived a cousin of the Baal Shem Tov who was named Reb Shmurl. And Reb Shmurl was a sinner. I mean, couldn't you tell from his name? Right, yeah. Shmurl. Yeah. He committed one sin after another. What does it matter if I sin twice or sin 20 times, he said. At the end of the year, I take all my sins and drag them down to the edge of the water. I throw them into the lake. And that is the end of them. And for the new year, I'm a clean man. I mean, that's, yeah. I, I've wondered that myself about, you know, okay. the ability to wash sin away. So I'm going to interrupt here because there is a footnote. And I'm not going to read the whole footnote. I'm going to summarize it right quick. Okay. So apparently there is an old custom that people barely even remember why they do it. Every new year, they go to a bridge and they empty their pockets into the lake okay. to wash away. It's a symbolic washing away of your sins as you enter the new year. Right. Okay. Now, a lot of people just do it because it's tradition without really understanding why they're doing it or what it is. Sure. Okay. And so he's saying like physically carrying the sins as though they are tangible objects. Right. That can be. So this story personifies sins as as an object that you pick up and carry to the water got it okay? yeah so reb Schmurl lived from year to year and each year the sea became a little blacker because of the sins he threw into it <laughs> and each year the bundle of sins that he brought down to the edge of the water was greater than that of the year before sure why not you get away with you, murder yeah. then you become a serial killer right right, right. The lake is so close to my house, he laughed. I have not far to carry my sins. <laughs> Let there be few more in the bundle. <laughs> He's like, who fucking cares? It's just water. I don't, right. doesn't, doesn't matter to me. Right. But his wife said, it is because of your sinning that God does not send us a son. His wife was a holy woman. Reb Schmurl said, do you really think that is so? And she said, Yes. Then he said, well, perhaps it really is so. And he thought no more about it. And that same year, he committed a sin that was uglier than all the sins he had ever made. Damn. The sin was huge, huge. and shapeless. 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 Okay. It was like a great sponge oozing and dripping with mud. That was one nasty ass It was so sin. bad. Like, it doesn't tell you what it is, but I'm like, what is the worst sin you could do? Did he, like, right? rape somebody? I mean, that's what it sounds like, right, right? Yeah. He could hardly find a place to hide it until the end of the year when he would throw it into the lake. He put it into the basement of his house, but there the sin seemed to grow larger, to expand until the basement was not high enough to hold it, and the mud of the sin began to squeeze itself through all the cracks and to ooze into the rooms of the house and to fill every corner of the house with its damp, crawly smell. Mm -hmm. At last, New Year's Day came. 
Reb Shmuel took hold of the sin in both his arms and by pulling with all his might, managed to squeeze it through the door of his house. Wow. He got it out of the house, then he pushed and rolled it down to the lake. Awesome. Yeah, that was close there, one. he said. Yeah, yeah. I'm rid of that. That's what he said. Okay. <laughs> okay. The lake was angrier than ever because it too was personified in right. the story. Yeah. It hissed and shook itself and heaved itself upward, trying to hurl the sin back to the shore. Mm. Yet all of its rebellion was of no use, for it had been ordained when the waters were created that on New Year's Day. They had to receive into themselves all the sins of men and cleanse them. So at last the lake became quiet and set to work to cleanse the sin. But the deed of Reb Shmurl was not forgotten. The waters waited for vengeance. Okay. Reb Shmurl saw that his hair was becoming gray. You thought that was the boring end, right? Maybe. It's not. Okay. All okay? Right. Yeah. He saw that his hair was becoming gray and his wife had passed her best years and still they had no children. At last he said, I will go to my cousin, Rabbi Israel. Uh-huh. Okay. So yeah. that guy. Yeah. You know, they say he performs wonders for every stranger that comes to his door. As for me, I'm a member of his family. Right. Which I, you, got a, you got an in. Yeah. I guess we're to take that, you know, nepotism is a thing. Sure. Sure. I mean, look, everybody talks about nepotism like, I would never. I'm here to tell you what. If I know somebody that works at the company that I want to work for, I'm going to take advantage. I am a writer. If I know somebody who is an editor or agent or knows an editor or agent, I am contacting them. Oh well, yeah. It I I don't understand why we act like nepotism is bad. Like none of it, it's called networking, you know? Yeah, but sometimes it goes too far. Yeah, That's but all. who gets to decide when nepotism is okay and when it's not? The you know what I mean? Prosperity or failure of a company, really. Yeah. But if the company fails, then yeah, nepotism didn't work, did it? Right. And like, for example, there there was an article I read recently, like, Nepo Baby is like the word of the year right now or whatever. Sure. Okay. Um, there was this article about all of these actors whose parents were actors or directors or screenplay writers. Okay. And so all of these kid act, they all these actors that are like famous and popular now, they got a leg up. They got the chance to to try. They got cast as children in movies before they even knew if they wanted to be actors or not, right? Right. And that's not fair. Whatever. Sure. The thing is, yes, they got the chance that other people don't get, but they also had to be good or else they aren't getting cast anymore. Right. Because it's a business. And sure. Hollywood ain't just going to keep casting people just to cast people. You right, know? right. Like, eventually their luck will run out. So, And to I be just, fair, you know, if you're talking about a Hollywood actor, their parents were Hollywood actors, so they know how to help you do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, I mean, if you wanted to be an actor and you had family that was in the business, would you not seek them out? Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. I just, I get it that it's not fair. They have opportunities that I didn't have. And, and that is true, but you also have opportunities for every family member or friend who works somewhere that other people don't have just by stint of you knowing somebody somewhere. Right. So I'm just saying. Yep. Jealousy isn't pretty, guys. Right. Okay. Anyway, 
Reb Shmuel, okay? He's like, I'm going to go to my cousin, that guy, Rabbi Israel, and he is sure to nepotism see me. Right. Right? Yeah. Okay. So um, Shmuel came to um, the Baal Shem Tov, the, the house of the guy. Okay. okay? And he said, cousin, I'm growing old and I would like to have a son to live after me. Rabbi Israel talked with him for a while and remembered Shmuel's wife, the holy woman. Okay. Right. Okay. At last, the master said, go home. I can only promise you that you will have a son. But what more did I ask? Said Rabbi, said Reb Shmuel. And he began to dance with delight. But the Baal Shem shook his head. He looked pretty sad. Mm. Mm. He's going to die. I don't know. I, I mean, we've got an angry water who's right. planning vengeance. Yeah. We've got a sad rabbi who's not thrilled at the notion of helping dude have a kid. Where right. is this going? So he's going to have a kid, but he's not going to live to see the kid grow up. The Baal, the Baal Shem Tov's promise was fulfilled. Yeah. Don't forget that the word Baal here means master. Right, right. Okay. So anyway, his promise was fulfilled. Before the year was over, Schmerl's wife gave birth to a strong and beautiful boy. If we ever have another cat, we are naming it Schmerl. Okay. Okay? Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Not Ball. Ball Schmerl, maybe. Ball Schmerl. Ball Schmerl. There you go. Oh, my God. I love it. Okay. So they, they gave birth to a strong and beautiful boy. The father was so proud that he said, I will go at once on another journey to Rabbi Israel and thank him for what he has done for us. Like... He's the one that that gave us the baby. It wasn't me fucking you and my sperm <laughs> fertilizing your egg inside your vaginal canal uterus stuff. Well, no. apparently they've been trying for a while. So you right, know. right, right. Then the Balshem Tov said to him, "Oh wait, wait, wait! I skipped a paragraph. Sorry. Okay, he's gonna go thank him. Okay. Yeah. Then he came again." to the town and entered the cottage where the master sat studying. The master looked up at him and the master's eyes were filled with deep, compassionate sorrow. Mm. When Reb Shmurl looked into the eyes of Rabbi Israel, all his joyous words faded from his lips. <laughs> he did not know why, but he wanted to weep. Suddenly he was crying like a child. Okay. Then the Baal Shem Tov said to him, your son will grow into a strong and happy boy. Yeah. But on his 13th birthday, he will go into the water. And drown. Oh, damn. Damn, right? Reb Shmuel cried like a woman. He fell on his knees to Rabbi Israel and begged, help me. Why wouldn't you just keep your kid inside for his 13th birthday? And that's pretty much what they decide. Oh, okay. okay. Everyone knows that the Baal Shem Tov was not fond of weeping, but he remembered that the wise man was a holy woman. Uh -huh. Now he lifted up his cousin and said, the lake is angry with you because of that terrible black sin that you threw into it. There was only one way to save your son. On his 13th birthday, he must be kept away from the water. Reb Shmuel thanked him with all his heart. Reb Shmuel was filled with joy. His tears were forgotten. That is not difficult at all, he said. On his 13th birthday, I will keep him away from the water. Right. Joy. Yeah. He was ready to run off on his way back home. But Rabbi Israel called him and said, Do you not think, do not think it is so easy to remember you will surely forget the danger that awaits your only son. Okay. Reb Shmuel said, how can I forget? Because he's a dumbass is how. Right. But the Baal Shem Tov, who saw even then how it would be with Reb Shmuel, said, before you go, I will give you a sign that will help you to remember the day. <laughs> when you awaken on that day, you'll begin to dress yourself and you'll draw two stockings onto your left foot. 
and then hunt everywhere for the stocking for your right foot. Warn your household that on the day that you cannot find your stocking, something terrible will happen. Okay, and something then, And then terrible. you'll remember. Okay. It'll jog your memory. All right. Okay. Rebshmerl thanked him and returned to Constantine. And he thought, what a foolish thing the rabbi said about the stockings. Whatever. <laughs> so he didn't tell anyone about it because men are dumb. What? Men are dumb. Oh, my God. Okay. The boy grew. You tell me this story is not intriguing, though. <sighs> sure. It's entertaining and interesting, right? Yeah, like, what the yeah. fuck is going to happen? Right. The boy grew. He was stronger than any of the other boys in old Constantine. He could run faster and his eyes could see further and his hands could move more quickly. As for learning, he had only to look upon a page and he remembered it. That's great. He was as smart as Solomon. Yeah. But most of all things, he loved to swim in the water. Mm. He would dive to the very bottom of the lake and there he would swim around seeking beautiful stones. These he would bring home to his mother. He learned to stay under the water for many minutes. The fishes would come in and out of his hands playing with him. <laughs> As Reb Shmurl saw his son growing up so strong and big, he forgot all about the gloomy warning of the Baal Shem Tov. He forgot yeah, all about it. That's, I, I don't think I could forget my son's going to die. Yeah, I couldn't either. That, that would be looming in the back of my head all yeah. the time. I, I would probably just keep him away from the water forever. Right, yeah. Right? Like, oh, the lake is pissed off at me. The lake might not wait till he's 13. Right. Right? By the time 13 years had passed, he did not remember Rabbi Israel's prediction at all. And he prepared to celebrate the bar mitzvah of his only son with a great feast. Mm, okay. On the morning of the boy's 13th birthday, Reb Shmurl was awakened by the heat of the sun on his face. It was hotter than it had ever been before, he thought. He felt his whole body burning as if it were inside a furnace. Yeah. He began to dress himself. Okay. He felt very uncomfortable. He felt he had not slept enough. He was angry because the sun had awakened him and his head hurt with the heat. Okay. He drew a stocking onto his left foot and then he stopped to wipe the sweat from his body. And then without looking what he was doing, he drew his other stocking onto his left foot. Then he looked for the stocking for his right foot. He looked among the clothes and did not find it. And this isn't ringing any bells. Right. He looked under the bed and did not find it. He got up and began to hop around the room, hunting for another stocking. He stumbled into the next room and blundered all over the house, knocking over chairs and hurting his knees and falling and balancing himself against the wall because apparently he does not know how to walk unless there is a <laughs> stocking on both his feet. And he muttered and cried with anger because the day was very hot and he could not find his other stocking. He shouted and woke his wife. What's the matter? She said. Where is my other stocking? Said Reb Shmurl. Then his wife arose to see what was troubling him. He pointed to his leg and muttered, someone has hidden my other stocking. I can't find my other stocking. Typical man, right? Mm, yeah. Someone. Right. Somebody did it. Right. Have you seen my, who moved my... Where's my, where did you put my, yeah, somebody else did it. Never you, husband. Mm. <laughs> so the holy lady looked at her husband and saw that he was wearing two stockings on one foot because women can see things better somehow. Right. For when he went jumping around, his stockings had become loosened. Look, Schmerl, she laughed. You have both of them on your left foot. Dum-dum. <laughs> I added the dum-dum, but right, she might right. as well have said it. Sure. He looked and he saw. Then suddenly he remembered the words of Rabbi Israel. Wow. Yay. Yeah. 
and he began to tremble, and he ran to the room where his son slept. The boy was not in his bed. Oh, shit. Reb Schmerl ran to the door. He looked through the doorway and saw the boy already on his way to the lake. Oh, man, you better go fast. Reb Schmerl shouted to his son, come back. Yeah. But the boy answered, it's fucking hot. I want to swim in the water, goddammit. Come back, cried the father. But the boy would not come back. Mm. And that's why you need to bust that ass. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't beat your children. But you do have to find a way to where when you tell them to do something, they obey. Like, so they don't die. Right. By right. getting drowned in a vengeful lake full of a tangible sin that is muddy. Yeah. Okay. So the boy would not come back. Then with one foot covered and the other foot bare, which apparently is a big fucking deal. Reb Schmurl began to run after his son. The boy ran swiftly. The father saw him nearing the lake. Master, help me, cried the father, and he named the name of Rabbi Israel. Then the boy tripped over the root of an old tree. Woohoo! Oh, man. Before he could rise to his feet again, his father was at his side. Mm -hmm. Come home with me, said the father. He led the boy to the house and placed him in a room and locked the door. It became very hot. The boy cried and beat on the door. Let me go to the lake, he screamed. I want to go to the lake. <laughs> it made me think of Veruca Salt um, in um, Willy Wonka. Daddy, make time go faster. Right. But they would not open the door. At last, the boy begged them only to let him out of that room because it was so very hot in there. But they would not let him out of the room. Mm. After that. He begged them to give him a pan of water with which to cool his body. But Reb Schmerl was afraid to give him even a glass of water to drink. Oh, Jesus. And after several hours, the boy became worn out and weak and fell to the floor and slept. Many people went to bathe themselves in the lake that morning. As the sun rose higher, the lake became filled with swimmers. They laughed and sported in the cool water. When the sun reached the middle of the sky and blazed angrily down on the earth... Then nearly every soul in old Constantine was bathing in the lake. Mm. At exactly the hottest moment of noon, a disturbance began in the water. Ripples grew in circles around a certain spot near the shore, as though a stone had been thrown into the water there. The ripples widened and became a swirl. Okay. And out of the midst of the swirl, a hand appeared, reaching up from the water. The full arms appeared, hairy with greenish seaweed. Jeez. And after the arms came long, floating seaweed hair. A head rose from the water, and a neck, and shoulders, and the upper part of a body, all hairy with greenish seaweed. Okay. Then the head turned slowly from one side to another. And the arms reached outward, and the eyes looked into the faces of all the bathers. The mouth moved. The voice was harsh and deep. One is missing, is shouted angrily. <laughs> and the head sank back into the sea. When the sun had gone down and night had come, the parents opened the door where the boy lay, worn out, sleeping. They woke him and gave him wine to drink and dainty things to eat, and they held the feast of his 13th birthday. The end. What? <laughs> right? It was so good. Like, what's going to happen? Oh. And then it's like... Like, I don't know where to go with this now, so yeah. we're just going to end it. Yeah. It was like the worst episode of Supernatural ever. Right, right. Yeah, hated it. But yep. but it was good right up until that last sure. couple sentences, right? Yeah. Like, what's going to happen? Is he going to get up and walk into the house? Right, right. Like, I was seeing a monster, you know? Yep. <sighs>
How'd you feel about it? I mean, that was a crap ending, but it was a good good story. Yeah. Okay, the next one is called The Book of Mysteries, and it starts on page 186. Okay. Okay. When the children of Horodenka ceased to sing, Israel was no longer content to remain in that place. We're talking about that same Rabbi Israel guy. Right. Okay? Yeah. He wandered again and returned to the town of Okup, where he had been born. There he became the watcher of the synagogue. The desire for knowledge came into him, and the joy that was given him by flowers and beasts in the forest was no longer sufficient. His mind was afire and thirsty, but his thirst could be quenched only by those waters that had cooled for ages deep in the deepest wells of mystery, and the fire within him was the sort that burns forever and does not consume. Mm. The innermost secrets of the Kabbalah were for him, and they were only as stars of night against the sun, for to him would be revealed the secret of secrets. Okay. The boy lived in the synagogue, but since the time for the revelation of his power was yet far away, he did not show his passion for the Torah to the men of the synagogue. By day, he slept on the benches, pretending to be a clod, but as soon as the last of the scholars blew out his candle and crept on his way home, the boy, who would become Rabbi Israel, rose and took the candle into a corner and lighted it, and all night long he stood and read the Torah. Mm -hmm. In another city... Okay, so yeah. that was the boy Israel. So somewhere else, we've got Rabbi Adam. Okay, Ad Rabbi what? Adam. Adam. Okay. Or Adam. Got okay? it. Yeah. Master of all mysteries, waiting the coming of his last day. For in each generation, one is chosen, kind of like the vampire slayer, mm -hmm. to carry throughout his life the candle that is lighted from heaven. And the candle may never be set down. And the soul may not return to eternal peace in the regions above until another such soul illuminates the earth. Rabbi Adam was even greater than the holy man who had been before him, for in the possession of Rabbi Adam was the book that contains the word of eternal might. Oh, wow. So he's got a magic book, okay? Yeah. yeah. Though Rabbi Adam was not one of the innocent souls, he had led a life so pure that this book had been given into his hands. Before him, only six human beings had possessed the knowledge that was in the book of Adam. Damn. The book was given to the first man, Adam, and it was given to Abraham, to Joseph, to Joshua, son of Nun, and to Solomon. And the seventh to whom it was given was the holy man, Rabbi Adam. Wow. Yeah. This is how he came to receive the book. Okay. When he had learned all Torah and all Kabbalah, he had not been content, but had searched day and night for the innermost secret of power. When he knew all the learning that there was among men, he said, man does not know. And he had begged of the angels. So he's talking to angels, okay? Yeah. One night, Rabbi Adam. It could be delirium, you know. It could be. Probably was. Right. One night, Rabbi Adam arose from his sleep. He walked into a wilderness. Before him stood a mountain, and in the side of the mountain was a cave. And that was one mouth of the cave, whose other mouth was in the Holy Land. It was the cave of the Machpelah, where Abraham lies buried. Machpelah. I recognize that from something. It, Yeah. I don't know what, though. Right. And I meant to look it up, because what the fuck is Machpelah? M-A-C-H-P-E-L-A-H. Okay. Uh, it sounds like something that was used in Dune. And I'm wondering if they stole it from the Bible or from 
you know, these stories or whatever. So you look up that Makpala while I carry on right, reading. Right, yeah. Okay. It was the cave of the Makpala where Abraham lies buried. Rabbi Adam went deep into the cave and there he found the book. All of his life, Rabbi Adam had guarded the secret of knowledge. Gazing into it, he had grown old and he had come to see with the grave eyes of one who sees to the end of things. And when he saw himself growing old, he began to ask, what will become of my wisdom? Then he rose and looked to the Lord and said, to whom, almighty God, shall I leave the book of wisdom? Give me a son that I may teach him. So real quick. Makpala. Makpala. That's the cave where um, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Rebecca, oh, yeah, Jacob, and Leah buried. were buried. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Yeah. I just, I don't remember them calling it that for some reason. I think that's where I remember it from is from the, okay. the Bible. So. Okay. All right. I just couldn't remember exactly what it, like it's, it's been, I, I need re refreshers, you know? Like, but I don't want It's been so long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So he was given a son. Okay. Yeah. Rabbi Adam. Right. His son grew and became learned in the Torah. The rabbi taught his son all that there was in the Torah. And he said, my son learns well. He began to teach his son the Kabbalah. The son was sharp in understanding. But when the boy had learned the secrets of the Kabbalah, he asked no more. Then the old heart of Rabbi Adam was weary and yearned for death. My son is not the one, he said. Mm. Night after night, Rabbi Adam prayed to the Almighty that he might be relieved of the burden of knowledge. And one night the word came to him saying, give the book into the hands of Rabbi Israel, son of Eleazar, who lives in Okap. Okay. Rabbi Adam was thankful for now he might give over his burden and die. He said to his son, here is one book in which I have not read with you. His son asked, was I not worthy? You are not the predestined vessel, said Rabbi Adam. You would break with the heat of the fluid. Then he said to his son, seek out Rabbi Israel in the city of Okup, for these leaves belong to him. And if he will be favorable toward you and receive you as his servant and instruct you in his Torah, then count yourself happy. For my son, you must know that it is your fate to be the squire who gives into the hands of his knight the sword that has been tempered and sharpened by hundreds of divine spirits that now lie silent under the earth. Okay. Soon Rabbi Adam died. His son did not think of himself, but thought only of fulfilling the mission his father had given into his charge. Like, I was so scared when I was reading this that, oh, no, is he going to be a shitty son and be right. like, fuck ever or or like jealous or angry. But no, he's a good boy. Yeah. He's good. Okay. He deserted the city of his own birth. And taking with him the leaves of the book, went in search of that Rabbi Israel of whom his father had spoken. Hmm. The son of Rabbi Adam came to the town of Okup. He wished to keep secret the true reason of his coming. So he said, I am seeking a bride. I would marry and live my life here. The people of the town were delighted and felt greatly honored because the son of the holy man, Rabbi Adam, had chosen to live among them. Every day he went to the synagogue. There he encountered scholars and holy men and rabbis. He asked their names of them, but he did not meet with anyone called Rabbi Israel, son of Rabbi Eleazar. Often, when all the others had gone from the synagogue, Rabbi Adam's son remained studying the Torah. Then he noticed that the boy who served in the synagogue also remained there. He saw that the eyes of the boy were bright with inner knowledge and that his face was strained with unworldly happiness. Rabbi Adam's son went to the elders of the house of prayer and said to them, 
Let me have a separate room in which to study. Perhaps I shall want to sleep there sometimes when I study late into the night. Then give me the boy Israel as a servant. You that could be hmm. gross in today's times. <laughs> like, no, you may not, sir. Right. Why has he chosen the boy Israel, who was a clod? The elders asked. Then they remembered that Israel was the son of Rabbi Eleazar. He has chosen him to honor the memory of his father, Eleazar, who was a very holy man. Mm-hmm. Okay. When the boy came to serve him, the son of Rabbi Adam asked, what is your name? Israel, son of Eleazar. The master watched the boy and soon came to feel certain that this was indeed the Rabbi Israel whom he sought. One day, or I'm sorry, one night he remained late in the synagogue. He lay down on a bench and pretended to be asleep. He opened his eyes a little and he saw how the boy Israel rose and took a candle and lighted it and covered the light, standing in a corner and studying the Torah. For many hours, the boy remained motionless in an intensity of study that the rabbi had known only in his father, the holy man, Rabbi Adam. All night long, the boy studied and when the sunrise embraced his candle flame, he slipped down upon the bench and slept. Then the rabbi arose and took a leaf from the holy book his father had given him and placed the leaf on the breast of Israel. Soon the boy stirred, and sleeping, reached his hand toward the page of writing. He held the page before his eyes, and opened his eyes, and read. As he read, he rose. He bent over the page of mysteries, and studied it, and his whole face was aflame. His eyes glowed as if they had pierced into the heart of the earth, and his hands burned as if they lay against the heart of the earth. When full day came, the boy fell powerless upon the bench and slept. The rabbi sat by him and watched over him until he awoke again. Then the rabbi placed his hand upon the boy's hand that held the leaf out of the book. The rabbi took the other pages of the book and gave them to him, saying, Know that I place in your hands the infinite wisdom that God gave forth on Mount Sinai. Wow. This is that book. Right. Okay. Right. Wait. He gave forth on Mount Sinai, so that's when Moses was there. Mm-hmm. But apparently Adam had this and Abraham had this, which Mm -hmm. is before Mount Sinai. Yeah. So. Yeah. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. Okay. The words that are in this book have been entrusted only in the hearts of the chosen of the chosen. When no soul on earth was worthy to contain its wisdom, this book lay hidden from man. For centuries, it was buried in unreachable depths. But always there came the time for its uncovering. Again, it was brought to light and again lost. Also, if it was around when Adam was around, mm-hmm. didn't the world flood? Yeah. Wouldn't that destroy most books? Unless Noah took it with him somehow. But Noah wasn't one of the people. I know, right? So that doesn't make any sense either. It was safe either. in a cave. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. You know, there's some things. There's some... Uh, loose threads. Loose threads, yeah. Plot bunnies. Yeah. My father was the last of the great souls to whom it was entrusted. I was not found worthy of retaining it, and through my hands, my father, transmit this book to your hands. I beg of you, Rabbi Israel, allow me to be your servant. Let me be as the air about you, absorbing your holy words that otherwise would be lost in nothingness. Israel answered, let it be so. We will go out of the city and give ourselves over to the study of this book. The son of Rabbi Adam went with Israel to live in a house that stood outside of the town. There, day and night, they were absorbed in the study of the pages that contained the words of all the mysteries. Israel was as one who feeds on honey and walks on golden clouds. His soul swelled with tranquil joy, and his heart was filled with the peace of understanding. 
Often he went with the leaves of the book into the forest, and there the words of the book were as the words spoken to him by the flowers and by the beasts. But the son of Rabbi Adam was eaten by that which he fed, and yet his hunger grew ever more insatiable. The grander the visions that opened before him, the greater was the cavern within himself, and he was afraid as one who stands on a great height and looks downward. Each day his eyes sank deeper and became more red. Rabbi Israel, seeing the illness that had come upon his companion, said to him, What is it that consumes you? What is it that you desire? Then the son of Rabbi Adam said, Only one thing can give me rest. All that has been revealed to me has set me flaming with a single curiosity, and each new mystery that is solved before me only causes a greater chaos in my mind and a greater hunger in my heart. What is the one thing that you desire? Sounds like what Lucifer always asks in the show Lucifer. What is it you desire? Reveal the word to me. Uh, The word is inviolate, cried Rabbi Israel. But the son of Rabbi Adam fell on his knee and cried, Until I see the end of all wisdom, I cannot come to rest. Call down the highest of powers, the giver of the Torah himself. Force him to come down to us, otherwise I am lost. Then the master shrank from him. He said, the hour has not yet come for his descent to earth. His companion was silent. He never pleaded with Israel again. But each day, Rabbi Israel saw his face become darker and his body become more feeble. The hands were weak and he could hardly turn a leaf. Rabbi Israel was torn with pity for his companion. At last, he said, is it still your wish that we give that we name the giver of the Torah and call him to earth once more. The son of Rabbi Adam remained silent, but he lifted his eyes to the eyes of Rabbi Israel. They were as the eyes of the dead come to life. Then we must purify our souls that they may reach the uttermost power of will. On Friday, the two rabbis went to the mikwah, where they bathed in the spring of holy water. From Sabbath to Sabbath, they fasted. So from one Friday night to the next Friday night, a right. whole week, they right. fasted. And when they reached the height of their fast, they went again to the mikwah and purified themselves in the bath. On the second Friday night, they stood in the power of, in the house of prayer. They called upon their own souls and said, are you pure? Their souls answered, we have been purified. Mm. Then Rabbi Israel raised his hands into the darkness and cried out the terrible name. The son of Rabbi Adam raised his arms aloft and his feeble lips moved as he repeated the unknowable word. But in the instant that the word left those lips, Israel touched him and said, My brother, you have made an error. Your command was wrongly uttered. It has been caught by the wind. It has been carried to the Lord of fire. We are in the hands of death. Oh, no. I am lost, said the son of Rabbi Adam, for I am not pure. Only one way is left to us, cried Rabbi Israel. We must watch until day comes. If one of us closes an eyelid, the evil one will seize him. He is lost. Then they began to watch. They stood guard over their souls. With their eyes open, they watched, and the hours passed. They stood in prayer, and the hours passed. But as dawn came, the son of Rabbi Adam, enfeebled by his week of purification and by the long struggle against the darkness of night, wavered, his head nodded, and sank upon the table. Rabbi Israel reached out his arm to raise him, but in that moment an unseen thing sped from the mouth of Rabbi Adam's son, and a flame devoured his heart. 
and his body sank to the ground. The end. Okay. That was interesting. Yeah. And it was long. It was. Yeah. I was just letting you get through it, honestly. I'm like, wow. Yeah. This is now, we're at an hour. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like. There were a couple more that I liked as well, but I'm not going to force any more upon you. <laughs> but this section was all about that guy. Right. Who basically is what Ka- the Kabbalah came from. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was interesting. <laughs> so are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean It's hard to respond to I mean, those were stories. Those were those were long stories. Long stories. Yeah, yeah. So they they were interesting. I yeah. thought they were cool no, stories I, though. Like I thought they were really good stories. Right. The endings leave much to be desired. But the stories themselves, I I was I was wrapped, you right, know, right. I was enthralled. I didn't want to put it down. I was like, what's going to happen next? I mean, to be fair, the Bible itself in the Old Testament, at least thus far, has some trouble wrapping stories up. Yeah. Too, so, yeah, there's it, it seems to be a theme of the, mm-hmm. the back then. Yeah, I think that like actually creating a plot with a solid ending is more of like, I don't know, a 1600s thing or something <laughs> like we couldn't do it we just couldn't do it right you know? right yeah. although i mean shakespeare did it you know right that would yeah so i don't know whatever beowulf right that was that shakespeare was not beowulf honey i didn't say he was oh what are you saying i was saying that we're talking about stories that have that are stories that wrap oh, up that beowulf didn't wrap up so well well okay it just like recalled a bunch of things that happened got it didn't necessarily it was more a list of events i think got it got it yeah okay well so yeah maybe it wasn't until the 15 or 1600s yeah i don't know anyway that was our book club for today it sure was it was a sacrilegious book club and i will be getting our weekly replay together here um shortly Mm -hmm. and that will be out today as well and then tomorrow we'll be back on monday with Job chapter 31. That's right. We'll see you guys then. Yep. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh, my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Oh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye.